Survivor 46 is here, and so is On Fire, the only official Survivor podcast, and we have a twist this season. The winner of Survivor 45, D. Vyadaris, will be joining us every week. We're going behind the scenes of the biggest moments, the how and the why things happen, and the strategy and analysis you can only get from someone like me, a Survivor winner. Listen to On Fire, the official Survivor podcast, wherever you get your podcast. Life's busy. Take this deck. There's heaps to do on it. Like, um, polishing off this wine. That's tough. Life's pretty good with a Trex deck. Composite decking with no hard maintenance. Trex, the world's number one decking brand. Win the ultimate Blues Origin experience for you and three mates. Visit ignitehq.com.au. Your rugby league coverage on SEN starts now. Welcome to NRL Crunch Time. Yeah, welcome to Crunch Time, brought to you by Ignite HQ, and you can win the ultimate Blues Origin experience for you and three mates. Visit ignitehq.com.au and you can call 1300 01 1170. Remember, you set the agenda here at SEN, 0457 736 736, and you can also slide into our DMs. You can tweet us at 1170SEN. We welcome our listeners. However, you're tuning in through 1170SEN in Sydney, 1620am on the Gold Coast, and your digital radio in Brisbane via SENQ. Uh, maybe you're listening via the app, uh, which many, many people are doing, not just in Australia, or maybe you're listening via the podcast. Now, for you Android users, we are now on Spotify. So that's the way to do that. Download the SEN app and listen to Crunch Time anytime, anywhere. Joined by my esteemed Saturday colleagues, uh, Sydney Morning Herald Chief League Reporter, Adrian Pazenko. How are you, mate? Very well. Uh, yes, the great Adrian Pazenko. And the missile still. Uh, now, Seal and I have been searching the globe in the last couple of days doing this audit, but he is still the fastest man <laughs> in a textile suit. Uh, it's going to be a sad day when you come in and you say, <laughs> yeah. no longer. We've found yeah. someone. <laughs> exactly right. Uh, yes, uh, plenty to talk about. How are you, missile? The, I'm good. The doggies go down again. Oh, I know. I come in on a Saturday and yeah. I just, Adrian, give me some, give me some news. What's yeah. happening? Any, anything positive this morning? No, James, nothing. Did he give you something? No, no, no good news. Well, last week we said, right, that yeah. they were after Jaden Sullivan. Right. So that put a little pep in my step. I yeah. reckon we might get him to Belmore, but this week, nothing. Gus hasn't had a phone call all week, which is pretty disappointing. No one wants the job. No. Started off, he, he said his, his phone was inundated. <laughs> Since then, no calls. No. Um, <laughs> now, 30 points to 18. <sighs> the doggies. Uh, well, you mentioned off air, Adrian. It, it's almost putting a pen through representative opportunities, isn't it? Yeah, well, Josh Adokar and Burton as well would probably be in this New South Wales side, wouldn't they? Hey, if, um, if Fox is at Melbourne and Burton's playing left centre at Penrith, they're both in the side. Absolutely. And how scary is it? You've got the top team, and this talks about the gulf between the, the top and the bottom teams. When you take out six of the best players out of the top team, and they still lap the bottom team. What's your guess salary cap-wise? How much? I, I said close to 50%. Is that... A fair guess or not? So we're talking about six players? But those six players? What's the salary cap? About 10? Yep. About 10. So are those worth five mil, those players? It, it'd have to be very close. Yeah. Very close. If so those it, players came to the Bulldogs, they'd be worth six mil. Yeah. <laughs> I'd pay a million for each of them. Well, <laughs> see, this is, this is where I've started to think about this. Um, we saw the big win on uh, Friday, uh, Thursday night, Thursday night for the Cowboys, who also had a heap of players out. Yeah. We saw the same with the Panthers. Yeah. I'm based, you see Kurt Falls coming up and Sean O'Sullivan and these young kids coming up and uh, Chris Smith, who hasn't played a lot of rugby league. 
they can handle first grade. I just don't think we have, and I'm not just targeting head coaches, I don't think we have 17 cohorts of coaching staffs who are up to the NRL. I think we've got the players. Yeah. There's plenty of players who you can transform, and you see that because last year, the Cowboys, like what's really changed? He's had his feet under the desk for 12 months now, Todd Payton, and now they're a legitimate top four side. So aside from it's coaching, isn't it? Does that also give you a bit of hope if you are the Tigers or the Bulldogs that if you get the next appointment right, you can ch- change that very quickly? Of course you can. Yeah, it does. It does. Well, I think it was Wayne Bennett that came out um, last year when they spoke about bringing in the extra team. And a lot of the rhetoric was around that, that we don't have enough players to fill out another team. And I was on board with that. Having watched teams like the Bulldogs and the Tigers, I'm thinking – we can't wrestle together 17 first grade players, so how can we get another team? And Wayne Bennett came out and said, it's not, not a lack of players we have, it's a lack of good coaches. 100%. And, and not just the head coaches, the you know the top performance managers or whatever yeah. they call them, the assistant coaches, the defence coaches, the nutrition people. Like It's not just the head coaches. And that, that's when you start to go, okay, well, Justin Holbrook, you know, where is he at? Is he a good coach? Has he got the right people around him? Th- those are the questions you start to yeah. to ask, and you need to identify. I believe, yeah. I personally believe, he is a good coach. One three hundred oh one eleven seventy. Have your say. You can also text oh four five seven seven three six seven three six. So that's what I believe. I believe that we have a, for example, the exact same roster which Canterbury have. I have no doubt in my mind if Trent Robinson was coaching that team with a whole off-season, I reckon they'd be playing finals. Disagree. Do you disagree? No, I reckon it doesn't matter who... Jack Gibson, Wayne, but it doesn't matter who coaches that team. They are going to be bottom four. Really? Yeah. Wow. I, I reckon I reckon that's that team, without a, a halfback or a fullback of note, is always going to struggle. Or wow. really or really a hooker as well. And a hooker, yeah. until Reid Marnie gets there. Yeah. Yeah, well, and just, yeah. just on the Tigers and the Bulldogs... And how quickly things can change. Abby Coruscant last night. Oh, he's so good, isn't he? Well, you know what? He's he has a case of being the informed hooker in the competition at the moment. Uh, yeah, he has a fair yeah. case. Yeah, isn't it funny that they've been loyal to Cook and that this loyalty, in terms of origin, only extends to certain <laughs> players and not to others. Oh, so, man. so it doesn't extend to Josh Adokar, but it does to say a Tarek Sims. Yeah. Um, yeah, Frizzell in the squad. Yep. No Jake Trebojevic. Some weird picks. Okay, let's see. My pet hate is when people sit back silently, let it all unfold, and with nothing to lose, they go, whack, they should have done that, they should have done this. For what it's worth and on the record, I would have had Burton on the left and Crichton on the right. That's what I personally would have done, but I'm well and truly behind the Blues. What changes would you make if you could make any? Well, this is what I don't understand. It's all about height, right? Yep. So we've gone for Tupo for height. On the other side of the field, we've got Toto and Whiten. No height. Yeah. I was thinking they're going to pick Crichton at centre and Toto on the wing. And on the last tackle, you drop back Crichton That's and right. suddenly you got the height. Yep. They've put him at 14. Yep. So it seems to be one rule for some players and another rule for others. So I'd have Hines at 14. I'd have Crichton at centre. And I, I wouldn't even have Whiten in my team. See, I, I'm pro the Hines in the, the 17 as well, Adrian. Reason being that if something happened to a half back or hooker for Queensland, they've got it all covered. Ben Hunt's there. Harry Grant's there. Daly Cherry Evans is there. Munster's there. They've got one injury. They've got it all covered. Yep. If something happened to the halfback or hooker for New South Wales... What's the contingency for New South Wales? Absolutely. The the Crichton-Wyden thing doesn't make any sense to me whatsoever. 
and I think surely they have to switch those two. And again, I'm Hines over both of them. But wouldn't it be great to see, possibly it might take 12 months, but a Jackson Hastings who can cover pretty much every position. Well, he's the only player I can yep. think of who can yep. be that Ben Hunt slash Absolutely. role. Yeah. So he can play in the in the back row at a pinch. He can play fullback, which yep. he's done in the Super League. He can cover everything in the back line. So every contingency is covered. And Jack Wyden, him in the centres, and I think we were talking about this, James, uh, beforehand, They it just doesn't work at origin level, the makeshift mm. centre thing. And they... They had um, him and Gutherson a couple of years ago in the centres and they both missed crucial In tackles. Adelaide, I think that may be. Yep, which, yeah. which led to tries and, and ultimately they, they lost the game. And I know it's a big, you know, they're big shoes to fill. We haven't got Turbo, we haven't got Latrell. You, you pick a specialist and, and I'd be stunned if Crichton isn't playing when when they run out. The reason I was pro-Burton is his last six games with Toto on his outside and with Luai on his inside, so his last six games at Penrith. Yeah, this is including the big matches of finals, grand final. Grand final. Yeah, that trio conceded one try between them. Wow! Oh, yeah. So, uh, you know, he's the Dalliem centre of the. So that's what I would have done. But in saying all of that, uh, I'm not going to come out if New South Wales get beaten. So I told you, so I would have done this. That that's not how I roll. I'm yeah. behind the Blues. Whatever they've done, I'm absolutely behind the Blues. As you Queensland listeners. Uh, should and uh, are behind the Queenslanders. Um, just with, um, I'm going to throw a spanner in the works. This is what I believe will happen. And, and Freddie hasn't been one to play tricks. But this is what I believe will happen for the starting team. Everyone's saying that, you know, Whiten will come in, Whiten will go back to the bench and Crichton will go there. You know what I actually think will happen? I think that Whiten will start at left centre. And I actually think that Stags will come onto the bench for a power player. I think Crichton will go to the right. And as Ooh. you say... Crossfield kick because it'll be Coates on top. Yeah. I think at last tackle they will switch Crichton out to defend. And he's been okay. playing right centre all year. Yeah, yeah, Crichton. yeah. And won a grand final on the right wing. So he can handle that part, that kick. I was That's... listening to uh, the Matty Johns show yesterday morning on SEN and, and Joey was on. Yeah. And he had a slip of the tongue. And he said on one side you've got, I, I can't remember who it was, and Liam Martin. I think he had a slip of the tongue, and I think Freudian Liam. Slip. I, I think Liam Martin might be starting. <laughs> yeah, that's what I'm saying. So I, I Joey's think, uh, in camp, right? Yes. Yeah, he he said on one side you've got d d d and Liam Martin. Yeah. So I, I, th- like, I think oh. it'll be yep. When he said it, I was like, well, that's interesting. And then he, and then they quickly went over it. Both Wyden and Crichton have been training at left centre. Okay. Uh, Whiten's been at left. Crichton's been at left centre. That's what I've heard. Well, I saw him on a clip training alongside Stags. Wow. So I thought he'd been training at the right, but I've only seen the one clip, so you might be right. But what Dickens? Yeah. Whiten, Quieten, are we Whiten? Who knows what's <laughs> going to happen there? one three hundred oh one eleven seventy is the way to go. Okay, Adrian, you were the one who uh, broke the story alongside your colleagues, uh, Payne Haas. Is that all done and dusted now? I wouldn't say it's done and dusted, Joel, but it's been uh, it's been put on ice, so to speak. And I think common sense has prevailed here because, in terms of timing, it couldn't have been any worse. So he wanted to. Do that just as he was walking into Blues camp, and we know how Freddie feels about yes. that. He doesn't want any of those contract distractions. Um, the irony is, and we, we just touched upon it last week, was he's got performance clauses in his contract, or he wanted some in there so that if the Broncos don't hit certain levels, he's got the chance to hit the escape button. But the irony is that the thing that's affecting performance potentially is this distraction over his contract. Yeah. yeah. So um, I think it's a smart move that he's decided to, to put it on ice, at least until the end of the season. Then we can reconvene because the Broncos are on a six-game winning, winning run. 
Like they are absolutely flying and they've, they've copped a couple of those wins without Adam Reynolds in their side as well. Um, and I had a chat to Payne and I said, well, what's the turnaround? Oh, why? did you? Yep. I, I spoke to him during the week and I said, why did you decide to do this? And interestingly, he said that I've been okay with the booing. I can handle that. I know there's a lot of criticism. And he said, I've seen it affect my family. I've spoken to my partner. Because um, I said, you know, is it your management who've, who've advised you? And he said, I've spoken to a lot of people, but my partner has really been struggling with it. Um, I'm away from her. We've got a young child where I'm in camp. She's got to look after the, you know, the young one all by herself. And this is more stress that she doesn't need. So that's there his thinking as he comes into this and, and makes the decision just to focus on footy for the time What's being. What's pain like as a guy? I haven't had much to do with him, but he was yeah. actually really well-spoken, really personable. Um, yeah. I, I, I thought that he might be a bit guarded given everything that's happened. And um, Freddie's got a thing after their training sessions that everyone's available. You can speak to anyone. They don't shield any player, which I think is fantastic. And he was great. Obviously, a lot of people wanted to speak to him. You know, why have you backflipped, so to speak? Why have you decided to shelve this? He was a, a great chat, really personable guy, seemed really humble. Great guy to talk to. Adrian Prasenko of the Sydney Morning Herald, James Magnuson. I'm Joel Kane. Now, Adrian, you probably just answered what I was thinking. So as a journalist, in that scenario, I was going to say, well, what's the process? How do you end up with the interview with Payne Haas? But was that under the open interview? How Absol- did that? Absolutely. So they have a session, and right. at the end of the session... There's, there must be about, you know, a contingent of maybe up to 50 media for, for Origin Games, and we're all watching on the sidelines. So we can see things as they unfold, which is great in itself. So, for instance, all of a sudden we see Katoni Staggs, who was, you know, training with the field. They were doing some yeah. drills, and he's run off the field for a second. And we've just – he's run straight past us. And we thought, what's going on there? And he's gone over to Dr. Nathan Gibbs. And just as we walk over, what, what happened there? And he goes, he just dislocated his finger. Oh. So uh-huh. he's had to wrench it back into place. Um, and for, for me, like having <laughs> suffered that injury playing touch football, you know, yeah. oh, that's never happened to me. That's a six-week thing where you, you know, you, you, yeah, you know, you're in any doubt. Whereas he's literally, he's wrenched it back into place. They've put a bit of tape around it. Off he goes back, and the doctor says, "Mate, that happens every second game. Six-minute like, break. Like, it's it's not that big a deal for, wow. for the football players. So so anyway, so we've just watched this. We've seen Tony have his finger wrenched back into oh. place, and then the session finishes and. It's open slather. You can walk up to anyone. You go over, you introduce yourself, shake their hand. And they're really, they're great. They're amenable. Um, you've got maybe a, a small window, maybe 15 to 20 minutes after each session. Um, so you've got to pick your target. Oh, okay. It's like speed dating. It's, Get in there. It's, it's yeah. like speed dating. Yeah. Like don't, you, you know. <laughs> what day was that that you did that? I did that on Wednesday or Were Thursday. Were they running an oppose yeah. that day? Yes. I saw Queensland did one against Ipswich. Who would New South Wales have done Oh, that? sorry. No, sorry. That The one that, that was, I did wasn't an opposite. Yeah, okay. No. And then they, they might have done that at Quidditch. I found it yesterday. interesting. The I think it was Jerome Luai was being interviewed last night on Channel 9 during the game, and he said they've got a couple of days off now. Then they're out of camp to see their friends and family. And yep. then they interviewed JT, J- Jonathan Thurston. Yep. And the, the the Channel 9 guys said, oh, you guys got a couple of days off? And he said, no, we're all staying as a, together as a group here on the Gold Coast, I think it was. The, the boys don't have any time off and then we'll travel down to Sydney. So two different approaches from the, the coaching staff. Maybe the fact they're in, you know, the majority are based in Sydney in with the Sydney, exception yeah. of Payne or whatever. So, for instance, today is a free day. Like, they don't do any media today. Mm. They get to break camp. And you saw all of the Penrith guys supporting their, t- their, uh, teammates. their teammates mm. last night. What would you rather, Joel, stay in camp with the boys or get to see your wife and kids no, for a mate, couple of per- days? Personally, me, I, I'm, I'm a homebody. 
Yeah. I, I actually, I was thinking about that during the week. I hate the idea of being in camp for 10 days. Oh, really? Yeah. I'm, I'd I'm rather... the opposite. Send me overseas with the boys. You really? Yeah, <laughs> what, no. what about if it was under the old school bonding where it was like the first oh, week Oh, that's a little of... different. Oh, oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Get, get me in there. Do you feel a bit sorry for the current generation that hear all the stories about it because they have all the blues greats and they tell them how much fun they had yeah. and now this is what you're not allowed to do? Well, we're the exact same on the swim team. Yeah. We hear all these stories about the glory days of swimming and Klimmy and hacky and oh, all, yeah. all this stuff. And then we take one sleeping tablet and it's the darkest day in the world. We're not allowed to do anything. No. I'll tell you, um, I tell you uh, Fletch talks about the, the photo. So the photo is typically day two, apparently. And he said... Oh, the team photo? Yeah, team and individual photos that they do. Oh, he said, yeah. he said, mate, when we did it, he said every single person was bleary-eyed and disheveled. Oh, really? He said, now they're bright-eyed, buttoned, they're ready to Is go. Is that the one where... And they used to do the one where they'd walk up and cross their arms and oh, say, yeah. James Magnuson, Port Macquarie Sharks. Or... <laughs> That's it. Yeah, yeah, Joel yeah. Kane, Port Macquarie Sharks. Yeah. Adrian Prezenko, <laughs> who's your junior team? I, I, I didn't play junior football. Oh, I, was, I was playing... Um, no, no, just a little bit of touch football, but no. Yeah. Well, who's your touch football team? Well, it's funny. I think one of our guests that we've got coming on is Ciro. And I actually, until recently, was playing in a Putney competition. Well, yeah. And oh, we yeah. played against Ciro and Buckets O'Neill. And oh, I'd like yes. to say that yeah. we actually won a comp having uh, knocked you? him out on the way. Oh, so, yeah. yeah. Yes. Ciro got any um, toe? Adrian Prezenko, he... Putney touch. <laughs> <laughs> Ciro's actually... That, like incredible for a guy like him, like him and Buckets, just their hands. And like, it was a mixed yeah. comp or whatever else. They were, yeah. they were really good to play against. Like they had there a lot go. of skill. Yeah. Uh, boys, now, um, this, uh, let's just switching hit a little bit here. The boxing center stage this weekend. Uh, mm. Now it's been massive. Cambosis Jr. Now we spoke yesterday to Georgie Rose and he's pretty certain that if Cambosis Jr., sorry, Timmy Zoo, Timmy Zoo will take on Charlo. Is that right? Yeah. Yes, that is correct. So during the week, the WBO mandated that Zoo and Charlo must meet, that they must this come year? to an agreement, yes, yeah. within 20 days. So unless Charlo vacates, um, that will happen. And all the mail is that it will happen, that he will be keen for a title defence. Because if he goes up a weight division, he'd be going up to the same weight division as his brother. So um, Awkward. They would, yeah, that would be awkward. <laughs> so, he, so when they go up, I think they'll both go up a weight division simultaneously so they don't have to fight each other. But again, I, I caught up with Timmy Zoo and he's extremely pleased about this because this is the guy that he wants. Yeah. And he called it, and this is really interesting because Tim Zoo doesn't enjoy all of the constant references to Kostya yeah. and, and seeing it, you know, through that lens. And yet he said, this is my Zab Judah moment. Wow. wow. So it's almost 21 years to the day that that famous moment. Yeah. And when Kostya did that, he won three belts and became an. He was already a superstar, but that just went to another stratosphere. Mm. Now he could earn all four belts, yes. all four major belts, and when George Cambosis fights tomorrow, he could become the eighth to to win all four in the you know since two thousand and four. Yeah. If Tim Zoo does a, it. A, eighth Australian? No, eighth, eighth ever. In the, in the world. Oh, in the world. All weight divisions. Eighth only. Yeah, eighth yeah. Only in wow. history yeah. to, to unify. And then by the end of the year, we could have two Australians that are unified champions. Wow. That's insane. And yeah. the, like the company, yeah, the company is with like at the moment, Tyson Fury has got all of them. So you're talking like the tippity top. Yeah. Wow. And this would be in, in Tim's first world title fight. Oh. Like it's just extraordinary. He'd go in as a heavy underdog in yes. that, wouldn't he? Yes, yeah, very yeah, much yeah, so. yeah, yeah. I was chatting to Sock yesterday, Stevie O'Keefe, and I said, Sock, like I'm – 
I'll put it out there. I'm not the bloke who goes down the pub. You know the bloke who goes down the pub, watches a fight, and say, why is he not doing this? And, you know, yeah, they're overweight. Yeah. I am the overweight part, but I'm not the bloke telling them <laughs> how to fight. We all know those types, right? Yeah. So I'm not a big boxing or UFC man, but I said to Sock, I said, mate, I don't know why, but this particular fight, Haney versus Cambosis, it has mm. got me so pumped for it. Yep. I said, why so? I said, I was pumped for Horn versus Pacquiao, but not to this level. Yeah. And he answered it brilliantly. He said, it's like the Bond movies. He said, you only love Bond as much as you hate the villain. Yeah. Right? Yep. So Manny Pacquiao is hard to hate. Yep. Yeah. He said, yeah. this Haney is sort of getting under people's skin a little bit. Yeah. So okay. therefore, we're just fired up on Bond, which is Cambosis. Well, Cambosis's last opponent, Lopez, was super hateable. He was much he more was a hateable. Yeah. Bastard, that guy. Yeah. Yeah. And he was like, I'm going to knock him out in the first round. And his dad got into a push and, fo- uh, push and shove with Cambosis's dad. Um, since, I, I, I don't know if it's just since he's become world champ, but... Cambosis has got serious swagger now. Yeah. He started dressing the part. He started smack talking. Like, it's pretty – I hope Australians get around him because you know how we got tall poppy and we don't like a, yep. a a big dog like that. I hope Australians get behind him and stay behind him because this could be our first real prize fighter internationally. Yeah. We've never – we've yeah. never really had that swagger guy. Have no. The, yeah. the interesting thing is he's always had it. And I think that only now that he's won all the belts and we're starting to know more about him and hear his story, but he is supremely confident. Yeah. And, it, and you know, sometimes it's put on. Yeah. Like, there, especially like there's that, you know, when you go to the weigh-ins and you do the mm. stare-downs and there's yeah. so much bravado. Yeah. And he has got this innate confidence and a real tunnel vision. And I've done a lot of stuff with him and he's a terrific chat as well. He's a really yeah. personable guy. Like just a, yeah. a great story from the very beginning where he was a little fat kid at school who got picked last in all the teams. Yeah. Um, he started to do a little bit of boxing to, you know, improve his self-esteem and confidence. Um, he played a little bit of football, got selected for a Sharks development squad, and he had to make the decision whether or not he goes on the Monday to Sharks training or he picks up the boxing gloves and he goes and starts training for this this dream that he's now started to realise. And yeah. he ended up having to re- a disappoint Ricky Stewart at oh, the time. Wow. Um, so it's, it's just an did, amazing story. Did he go to one of the Olympics? Was he in London? I'm not, I, feel like not I've, sh- I feel like I've bumped him somewhere. I think he might have been at the London Olympics. The London he's, Olympics. Yeah. He's a story that's really snuck up on us, guys, because he has fought so infrequently in Australia. Yeah. So in order to get to this world um, title journey, he's fought all over the world, um, yep. and, and when he first started, he was like fighting at like Punch Bowl RSL and yeah. selling tickets. Yep. And um, Nick Politis actually helped him out at one stage. They met before Sonny Bill's fight. Nick Politis gave him five grand and said, if you ever need anything, you come to me and I can help you out. Because he could see that he was struggling, yeah. there, that he had to sell tickets just to, to break even so that he could pursue his dream as a professional. And he's a, a very proud guy. And he said, no, but, but he really respects and he's grateful that, that someone like Nick right would come up to him and, and do something like that for him. Yeah, and had trouble making weight. Miss well, weight this morning. Isn't it interesting that they get to the point where they actually take off their underpants <laughs> in order to try to make the like, what How many grams do you reckon a pair of Calvin Klein oh, high fronts weigh? Yeah, like, yeah. I mean, honestly. Like, I know. Oh, the, the G-string that Joel wears would be oh, like yeah. five grams. <laughs> hey, when I, weigh, I tell you what, I get out of the shower and I weigh myself. I'm, I'm brass razu as well and make sure my hair's very dry as well. Um, talking dummy halves, how good was Reese Robson on Thursday night? Yeah, we'll get to these texts after the break. Uh, plenty of text messages coming through, 0457. 
736 736 is the way to do that. This is crunch time. Uh, you have got uh, Adrian Prezenko from the City Morning Herald, James the Missile Magnus, and I'm Joel Kane. A break and back with more, all thanks to Ignite HQ. Down the left side, an attacking opportunity and a big one for the Panthers. Oh. It's in the hands of Edwards and he'll go over. Oh. Isaac Tago started the play. He took off untouched, gave it into Dylan Edwards and Edwards gets the second try of the night. The Panthers lead. Nothing happening there. They trail by 12. Penrith 12, Lee Canterbury nil. Last play of this set. Burton with a chip kick. And O'Carr, the Fox delivers. Great finish. They had more points in them before halftime. Coruscant going short. He finds O'Sullivan. Kick out. They surely can't stop him there. And they don't. Villiame kick out. Makes it 20 points to six. Kick to come. Waddell takes on the line. 22 points to 12. The Penrith Panthers lead it. Marshall King to Burton. Try. They're right in this one at Bluebet. <laughs> He's everywhere, this kid. Some barging hits. He was eventually brought down, but goodness knows how he got back up. A kick through from Coruscant, and they've gone over again through Salmon. Like the that. Panthers have struck. Yeah, they certainly did. Uh, Scott Sorensen's got a cheeky record, boys. 20 wins in a row. 20 wins in a row for Scott Sorensen. They know about winning that mob out there at Penrith. Um... I, I used the call. So I, I fell into the trap, boys. I, I tipped the Titans. I thought, you know what? They're on home soil. Those outs for the Cowboys. It's now or never. They've got to find a way this time. And as soon as they lost that, I thought, because I'd also tipped Canterbury and back Canterbury. And I thought, oh, all ships rise with the tide, don't they? So mm. whilst we haven't seen falls, we haven't seen much of O'Sullivan, we haven't seen much of Chris Smith, they've been training with those same blokes throughout the week, you know, time and time again. All ships rise with the tide. And they got the job done. It was winnable, but attention to detail. You know what sort of summed it up for me? One particular play. Canterbury are coming over the top of them. They're back in the game. And then all of a sudden, Paul Vaughan's got the ball 20 metres out from his own goal line and just throw this speculator no-look offload. And that, you don't see the Panthers forwards do that, do you? No. Like, oh, man. That was one of a couple of mistakes they made, but... Like we spoke about, six, seven players out for the Panthers and the Bulldogs can't get their job done. The golf in the NRL at the moment is huge. We were talking about it before uh, off air. Imagine you're sitting watching that game and you're Cameron Serraldo and you've got two clubs potentially that you can go to. You can either go to the Tigers or the Bulldogs. What do you do? Because to me... That's like, you know, death by firing squad or via cyanide pill. Yeah. I just, if I'm him, the answer is nothing. I don't do yeah. anything. You I, know, just, you know, I, I can just follow on Appy, Appy and uh, Papa Lee and they've got some good signings, the Tigers. You're talking to a Tigers man here. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I just, I'm, I've got be, a Bulldogs man on my yeah, left and a yeah, Tigers yeah, man yeah. on my right. And I'm saying I don't want either, a piece of either Two of them. Two absolute desperate Plan, plan to the left of you, joking <laughs> to the right. Here I am. What, what would be the gap in salary between assistant coach at Penrith and head coach at Bulldogs or Tigers? It's interesting because there's a real discrepancy between salaries for assistants where some of them might be on – maybe say for argument's sake, one one fifty. And then yeah. a guy like Craig Fitzgibbon when he was an assistant was on really decent what, money. Yeah, probably something in, in that vicinity. Yeah. I, mean, I think I think Cameron Serraldo would be on the higher uh, end of that scale. Yeah. 
and we know that he's a good coach. He doesn't have to rush into a decision. We just talked about some of the other teams that are struggling. I mean, there could be jobs going at, you know, the Dragons, Newcastle, at the Gold Coast, at other teams under pressure in the not-too-distant future. So if I'm him, I'm not rushing because he's got a good gig. And mm, from yeah. my understanding, like, he's not in a rush. He's not one of those guys that needs to be an assistant coach by the end of the year or the start of next year. So what's your guess? Cameron Serrato goes on the open market and Canterbury's there or the Tigers are there. What's, what's the number that he gets paid to be the head coach of either of those two teams as an example? What's the number that comes to mind? I don't know. Is it a six, maybe? Yeah, I had the six mm. sort of number in my yeah, head. something like yeah, that. Yeah, I was thinking six, seven. Six, seven? Six or seven, perhaps, yeah. yeah. Which is which is for a rookie coach, that's not bad whack, is it? Correct. But but the thing is, if you're going to one of those struggling clubs, that's what you have to offer in order to entice him away from the foot Overs. of the mountains. Yep. Overs. Well, Barrett's getting paid 500 not to be there. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> That's a decent gig. They, him and Lodge have got the best jobs in the world at the moment, <laughs> yeah. haven't they? If Barrett can pick up another assistant role, he'll be on <laughs> yeah. 700000 next year. He, his garden must be absolutely immaculate because he was on garden leave at Manly as well. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. So I like that. Uh, yes, one three hundred oh one eleven seventy. Okay, so Burton and Addo Carr, they kept the Bulldogs in the game. Um, now... I want the Bulldogs' views on this, the Bulldogs fans, and Bulldog Bob's on the text line too. We'll get, we'll get to his in a moment. Uh, he says, afternoon, boys, how long do you think it'll take the Bulldogs to turn it around? Bulldog uh, bets. be like turning around the Titanic. Well, I honestly think that with the right players and the right coach, you can be playing finals because there's so many plotters in this game, honestly. Yeah. This game is full of plotters, which makes it so easy for uh, the likes of Robinson and bellyache and Cleary, those top flight coaches with the great systems. It's so easy. There's so many plotters getting jobs, not just as head coaches. So I think you can actually, with the right people, turn it around very, very quickly. In regards to last night, I just felt that was the time. You've got a bloke who's scarred by the fact he's been left out of origin. I would have played at a car at fullback. Agree. I reckon mm. there's nothing to lose now. I mean, what do that, you lose? What, there is nothing to lose. I reckon in the next few weeks we'll see it happen too. That's that's my mail. You know, Dufty's not. You know, hasn't worked out. Avarillo's not the answer there. No. Um, what do you know? I mean, you you might actually buy. You know, stumble upon a solution there as well going forward. Well, what what is there to lose? Like there is actually nothing to lose, and you don't know the upside. The upside could be anything. There's a couple of players like that at the club. So we, we bought Joshua Cook from Souths, who was meant to be the next dummy half behind Damian Cook. Have not even played him off the bench all year. Don't know, don't know what he'd be like in first grade. Corey Allen's finally got back in the team, but they play him at centre. It's pretty random. Um, Adokar's stats last night, just quickly for our listeners, 14 runs, 172 metres, four tackle breaks, one line break, two tries, no errors, no missed tackles. Yeah. Mm. Is he a chance of getting back in the Origin team this year or are oh, his cards marked? Well, the thing is, if Latrell comes back, yeah, all of a sudden there's one less backline spot to mm. squeeze into, isn't there? Yeah. And, and was, it was, it, was it Latrell and Fox on the one side? Yeah, yes, it was. Yeah. I love that. Yeah. I love that side just because Latrell's got that passing game, the offload. If you put Fox in space, it's all over. If you put Tupu in space, they're a chance of catching him. Yeah. Do, you, do you bring Latrell straight back in, assuming that he comes back unscathed, yeah. plays next? What's your mail? Yeah. When does he play next? He'll play. He'll play next round. Oh, he'll play next round. I had, I had a, a long good. chat with his reconditioning specialist. Uh, oh yeah. Well, the American. The American. Did yes. You? Yes. So, so the circus Bill, specialist. Yes. Yeah, so Bill <laughs> Knowles. So this is a guy who's worked with Tiger Woods, Peyton Manning, 
Andy Murray, How cool is all that? Of, some of the, the the greatest guys in the world, and I I badgered him into submission. He finally said, "Geez, you're up your system." Like, so, I'm how sure do you I'm, do that? Is that via email or text, or how do, how do you badger oh, someone into submission? Who's email, text, the lot, uh, voicemail, good. phone, any sliding of the DM variety? <laughs> no, no, I didn't. I didn't <laughs> slide. <laughs> <to his DMs. laughs> uh, everything, but yeah. you know, there might have been a carrier pigeon in there as well, but, yeah. but no sliding into DMs. But but it was just fascinating to. Because he talked about, yeah, everyone talks about Latrell and the hamstring. And he, he doesn't even call it that. He says it's a lower leg extremity injury and it's all about taking a holistic approach. And it's yeah. one, it's, he said it's it's like a concert or a symphony. Like you want all of the, the different players, all of the different instruments all playing together. And, and mm. to do that, you've got to strip it right back down, look at his general movements, get him happy about moving again first. And then you can start to see if there's any little tweaks that you need to make to the way he accelerates and decelerates and all did, that. Was... Did they strip a bit of weight off him or that's not an issue? No, I, th- I think he's come back a lot leaner. Yeah, so, he? Yeah, yeah. So I actually asked the, the guru and he said, oh, I don't know, I'm, I'm just looking at the, you know, biomechanics, etc." But, you know, it was people were saying it's like, you know, seven, eight, nine kilos potentially. Oh, wow. So, so seven, eight, nine kilos oh, for him. I love Latrell when he's lean. 100%. Love him. Yeah. He's my favourite origin player. Yep. Oh, I love him in Origin, and it, as a an opposition fan, when when your team yeah. plays Latrell, you're always worried about him, and he's the player a lot of people love to hate. Yeah. Origin, I love him. Cannot get enough he, of he him. He can hurt you in so many ways because he yeah. can do it with speed. He can do it with power. He can do it with you know an offload or or you know ball play. Even with his defence, Jeezy put yep. some big hits on in Origin. Yep. You know what? And where does he play in Origin? He plays centre. Centre, right? Yep. I that's his spot. I don't believe he's got the big engine to play fullback. I, I think that you you sit him out there on the left-hand side and when you get him early ball near the line, he's just about impossible to stop, isn't he? Yeah. You know, he, he, he's scary sometimes at fullback. Sometimes a player will make a break or something and they break the line and look up and you've got Luttrell to beat and he really whacks some people. Remember at GI for a period there as well was putting shoulder charges on when someone broke yeah. the line? Yeah. It'd be a real nervous moment when you get through that front line and you look up, you go, oh, geez. Like, that's that's the only place I do like him at fullback is when he whacks someone I, and I, they make that line break. I love how different our top fullbacks are. Like, Trebojevic yeah. is so different to Mitchell, to yeah. the way a Will Kennedy plays, to a Clint Gutherson. Ryan Pappenhausen. Pappenhausen, Ryan Pap- yeah. Pappenhausen, uh, and, and Latrell just brings something altogether different to the table, doesn't he? Yeah. Absolutely. What, what what would you prefer? What's your ideal fullback? Is it speed? Is it size? Is it fitness? What's the one attribute that you take overall? Ball get like ball passing. Look, I, I, I'm a big Pap man. I, I love how love he's Pappy. in the frame all the time. So Pap a support player. Well, he quite often finds himself in front of the ball. Yeah. So he, Pap's going to have the most shots on goal. He's still the top try scorer. Hasn't played for <laughs> how long since he's played? Or top point scorer? I think he is. Maybe both. How long since he's played, Pat? It's, it's been a while. Five or six weeks? weeks? Yeah. 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 So, mm. uh, he's... So, you like support play over everything? Well, he's just got it all, I think, Pat. Um, James Tedesco. I mean, James Tedesco will be my tip for man of the match. Mm. His last six weeks, Teddy, he's running for 20 more carries, 20 mm. or more carries a match, eight tackle busts. Um, Teddy he's scoring the, every uh, week. Teddy with the glutes of consequence. Yeah. <laughs> they are. Oh. Holy smokes. That's the biggest ass in rugby league. The, the, the GOC, the loose of consequence. Uh, Matty Burton's got a bit of GOC about him. Um, yeah, we just saw on the, t- the TV behind you there that kick he did last night, 75 metres on the fly, the torpedo. That that His boot alone kept the Bulldogs in that game. 
keeping a coach in the seat. Mick Potter, is this a legitimate dress rehearsal for him? And what would he need to do to be on a radar, not necessarily starting next year, but to finish off in a way that people go, oh, hang on, we've forgotten about Mick Potter. If, if they can somehow avoid the wooden spoon, I think that would be a monumental... That, like, yeah. seriously, oh, like, if, so if we're talking about... <laughs> I, I can see you in the fetal position. Yeah. <laughs> but, but, but honestly, that would be a monumental achievement, would mm. it not? I, I, I was a bit worried last night. Um, they interviewed Mick Potter before the game, and they said, you know, what have you said to the players? What's the goal this week? And he said, uh, I want the players to come off the field with a smile on their face. I was like, oh, dear, we're in for a long night. The goal is, the goal is smiles. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Imagine it was 60, no, they all come up like, if my swim coach said to me before the race, all right, so what's the goal of this race? Come off with a smile on your face. Yeah. Going, uh, all righty then. They're smiling after losing to the Panthers without six of their oh, best players. Wow. I'm an unhappy coach. Yeah. Let's have a look at the run home or the next sort of month for the Canterbury Bulldogs. I, think, uh, I had a look at it. They are playing a couple of teams above them on the ladder, so. A couple of teams not... above them. The <laughs> <laughs> That's the whole call. Next year, there's going to be 16 of them. <laughs> no one's a Dolphins coming. Oh, yeah. no. So they've got Parramatta uh, at yeah. Acor, Combank yeah. Stadium, the West Tigers, Combank Stadium, the Sharks. Bye. Uh, which I they... think we can win that one. Well, this – okay. People get cranky at me when I bring this subject up. But the reason I do is because rugby league has this perception of us being a bunch of idiots, right? Yeah. But when we give teams two points for a bye, we are, in fact, looking like idiots. <laughs> Why don't we just give – instead of – like, whilst we're doing that, what, what is the real reason for giving two points for a bye? Like, what do you actually achieve by doing it? I've never thought about that. But what do you actually achieve by doing it? Well, because they would have had the opportunity to win two points had they played. So you've taken away that opportunity from them. But but they haven't played. So why don't we then just give every player who's having the buy three Dally in points? Because they would have had what? the opportunity to get three Dally in points. It's exactly What do they do in AFL? Nothing. No points? You don't get points? No. So no. when we look at the end of the year, you just can't cut – how many wins do they have? You can't cut it in half. You've got to deduct the two. Um, it, it is so stupid. To give you an idea. Yeah. I've never thought of it. Each and every week, right? Yeah. And, and the reason – I'm probably more sort of um, uh, conscious of it, is that right now, for example, if we look at the ladder now, mm. have they been given the two points? Have they not been given the two points? Like, what, what, do we actually know what the ladder looks like right now? It just confuses the shite out of us yeah. when it comes to the ladder. So as I said, if you're going to give teams two competition points, right, for not playing, we'll give every player three Dally M points. It's, <laughs> it's exactly the same scenario. And I'll say this. So any given normal round, and this is the last I'll say on this all week, any given normal round, we allocate 16 premiership points for eight games. Yep. 16 premiership points for eight games. This week, there's four games. Do you know how many points we give out? 24 competition points for four games. But is hmm. that because in the past, not everyone's had the same amount of buys? Well, you're not going to have the same. It's the same as a team plays on a Thursday. Yep. You haven't had the opportunity to get two points to the Sunday. Rats ass. Don't give them the two points. It makes zero sense. Yeah. It makes absolutely zero sense. Don't take the two points away that he's desperately craving yeah, when they, next week when they don't play. It I is so Bulldogs needed. Well, I've, I've heard the Bulldogs are paying two fifty to get two points that bye weekend. <laughs> 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 you're the outsider, but you're firming. one three hundred oh one eleven seventy. But honestly, when you really sit down and think of it, it makes less than zero sense. It, it is stupid. Oh four five seven seven three six seven three six. This is crunch time. Brought to you by Ignite HQ. James Magnuson, Adrian Prasenko. I'm Joel Kane. The Seal in the chair as well. I'll break it back with more.
Yeah, it certainly is. one three hundred oh one eleven seventy. Uh Mark says when Potter said come back with a smile on their faces, surely that just means win. Yeah, I think he probably did. For a lot um, of teams who'd assume that, but yeah. Not the Bulldogs. <laughs> <laughs> now, you were asking the question, Adrian, in the break. Uh, we are here for Ignite HQ too, who are apparently behind the Blues as well, by the way, um, here for crunch time. And what were you talking about, read the points? So you're talking about the buy and, and what, you know, what you should get points for and what you shouldn't get points for. What about, rather than just for and against... Yeah. What about if you... Hang on. I, uh, Seal's taking a photo here. I need to get me um, man boobs out of the road here. Get the posture right. Yeah. What, what if you actually get to golden point extra time? Should you get some competition points for that as opposed to a team who gets nothing um, when yeah. a team that, that gets flogged by 60 gets nothing as well? No-brainer. Absolute no-brainer. So One yep, point. Every game's worth four points, right? If you win the game um, in regular time, you get the whole four points, right? If you go to golden point... Um, the winning team in Golden Point gets three. The losing team get one. In the event that's a draw after Golden Point, each get two. It is an absolute no-brainer that we don't go down to that path. Could there be an integrity issue if it's the last game of the season and both teams need a draw to get enough points to get into the eight? Yeah. Oh, Drama, yeah, something, yeah. maybe? Yeah. Simultaneous kickoffs. Yeah. Well, well, actually, I'll tell you a situation where, similar to that, um, which they didn't do, thankfully, but... Uh, my daughter's team in a rep touch thing, there was a scenario where um, they were playing Canberra, I think it was. Whichever team won would go through to the semifinals. But in the event of a draw, no team would go through. Oh, wow. Right? So it was, it was a scenario where you could have almost said, okay, here's the drill. Okay, rock, scissors, paper. Whoever yeah. wins this, if we're tied up at full time, <laughs> there's an intercept, off you go. Right? Yeah, yeah. But wow. as it turns out, they had a draw and they both knocked each other out. No yeah, team progressed. Okay. Anyway, one three hundred oh one eleven seventy. Uh, Chris is on the line. He's been waiting very patiently. G'day, Chris. Oh, g'day, guys. Um, I wanted to comment on assistant coaches. Now, James, you were talking about this yawning chasm between the good sides and the also rounds in the rugby league a few minutes ago, and then Cameron Seraldo's name came up and Craig Fitzgibbon. What I don't understand is. I mean, like, um, Craig Fitzgibbon was in the Roosters system for 20 years. He was an assistant coach for 10 years without really having a prospect of being the coach. You've got teams like the Storm who have locked up all of their assistant coaches now because they didn't like what happened with Jason Riles, where he was going to go to England and he came back and the Roosters snapped him up and he's under contract at the Roosters because the Roosters got really peeved about O'Brien leaving. So you've got the best teams in the competition locking up their assistant coaches. Then you look at the AFL and you look at the nursery in the AFL. Uh, Alistair Clarkson, I think just that is 10 of the last 12 years, either he or one of his assistant coaches has won a premiership. I think Hardwick won three, Simpson won, Beveridge won, um, Fagan up in Brisbane uh, the young guy at Carlton now went through his system and then he went through Hardwick's. And in the AFL, they've got this massive nursery of young coaches coming through. And in league, we're scratching our heads trying to come up with a coach. I don't know what we do about it, but I don't know why it's so vibrant in Melbourne and how come in Sydney you can just lock up all of your assistant coaches like that. Thoughts, James? Yeah, this is probably a better one for, for Adrian than me. I, I don't really know the workings of how they lock up these um, assistant coaches or 
why some of them are better nurseries for assistants than others. Usually the assistant coach, that their contract coincides with the tenure of the head coach. So if okay. Brad Arthur's got a three-year deal, they tend to lock in the assistants or whatever else. But I think the, the interesting point there is that this transition from assistant to head coach, yeah. I mean, how do you know if Jim Dimmick's better than Josh Hannay, than, than Steve Hales or Jason Riles, if they haven't had the opportunity to actually coach at that level? Yeah. I actually have a question about that. So is it is it a better path to come from being a player, come through as like a development coach, then go assistant coach, then first grade NRL coach? Or should you be head coach of like a New South Wales Cup or Queensland Cup team before you come into the NRL so you've actually been the number one guy before? Or you, or can you go the other way where, say, a Billy Slater or a, a Freddie Fittler who haven't coached, you know, a, a, a lower-grade team but come from the origin arena, come from coaching three games a year, yeah. can you then go to t- – 24 or 25 in a final mm. I'm, I'm now convinced, and I remember interviewing Freddie at the time, and I knew it was going to be a mess when he first got the Roosters job, mm. right? Yeah. But I have completely changed on Brad Fittler. He is ready to coach. I've got no doubt about that, and I think he'd be a resounding success. For what it's worth, I think he should take the Bulldogs job if that's what he wants to do. one three hundred oh one eleven seventy. We'll catch up on these text messages. Simon Orchid uh, from Greyhound, New South Wales, on the other side of this, and Paul Sirenen uh, coming up at the top of the hour as well. I'll break him back with more. Yeah, it certainly is. one three hundred oh one eleven seventy is a way to have your say. Now, have we been checking in uh, in recent weeks and doing quite well? It's time to talk to uh, our man Simon Orchard from Greyhound, New South Wales, the Labrokes 7-1-5 tonight at the Gardens. G'day, Simon. G'day, boys. How you doing? How are you doing, more importantly? You doing well? <laughs> I had a big night last night at the Wagga Cup, fellas. I know we spoke last week about getting down to that uh, that pub, which I went and visited. We Very Farrah. good night out. Yep, that's right. Uh, had the schnitzel and gravy and, oh. uh, yeah, had a few of those little glasses of beer as well. So, yeah, very good <laughs> night down in Wagga. And I should just say, guys, before we get into the tips for tonight, I am currently in the middle of the Southern Highlands somewhere, a place called Canyon Lee. I'm filming a story up here today with a dog by the name of Wow. Uh, but if I go missing, that's where I am, Canyon Lee. <laughs> Never been here, don't know where I am, no. sitting on the side of the road talking to you guys. Canyon Lee, I'm just going to bring that up. Uh, is that can- Ivan Malak country? <laughs> Gee, that is. <laughs> uh, well, I think it's what- not far from Belangelo. <laughs> I tell you, uh, there's a place called Lee Canyon, which is um, down the road from Las Vegas. You don't want to be there by the looks of things. So anyway, yeah. uh, don't right, take Simon, strangers. Before you go, <laughs> before you go, I mean go. Um, <laughs> can you give us some mail for tonight, please, mate? Yeah, of course. Six heats of the half a million dollar seven fifteen, as you mentioned at the Gardens. Let's go a best and a and a best value. The best is race ten number two, Mapunga Ruby, an absolute staying star. This girl last run out of character. She was slow away down in the Sandown Cup. She finished seventh behind Untapped. But tonight, we reckon she's the one to beat in race ten. She's a Group One winner over the staying trip. Thirty eight starts for twenty one wins. She was second in the Association Cup at Wenty Park a few weeks ago. So she's the best bet of the night. Race ten number two, Mapunga Ruby. And if you like a bit of value or a bit of meat on the punting bone, race nine number six, Sonic Oak for Andrew Rowe. This dog's been crying out for the longest trip, fellas. Tonight finally gets it. Uh, dad, the dad, Rip and Sam was a group one winner over the staying trip. Raced in plenty of good races around the country a few years ago. And Sonic Oak, we think tonight, is bred to run this distance. I think it was about 14 or 15 bucks earlier Oof. today. So each way, all day. Race 10, number two, Mapunga Ruby, the best. Race nine, number six, Sonic Oak, the value at the gardens tonight. 
Now, what happens with me, uh, Simon, when I see those golden arches, my car puts the blinker on itself these days, right? (laughs) And I can safely say, I reckon you're in close proximity to the Sutton Forest Maccas. You know, when you go down to Canberra yeah, yeah. and those sorts yeah, of places? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, yeah, and you are, actually, you are actually, you are knocking on the door of the Blangelo State Forest. And not getting, <laughs> uh, you're literally there just north of Paddy's River as well. So, uh, there, there you, you go. go. Any, anything, <laughs> nice else, you, anything else you got, Simon? Uh, look, just last night, it's great to see the racing out in the country areas. The Wagga Cup winner, Vadia Bale, uh, Vader Bale, sorry, was fantastic. Broke the first sectional record on the way to a romp. Gee, it was good to see some people on the track. And they just make them different out in the country. I recommend anyone, if a country cup rolls into town, whether it's dogs, thoroughbreds or anything else, get out and enjoy it. It was freezing cold, but everyone was knocking them back and having a great old time. So greyhound racing going really well around the state. Awesome. Simon Adrian Prezenko, as a bit of an aside, can I ask you about the Manly Warringah Seagulls? They're very good at appointing CEOs and they've had a lot of practice lately, but they're not very good at retaining them. Have they got a good egg in Tony Mestrov? Uh, Absolutely. I can say uh, wholeheartedly, Tony Mestrov is a fantastic operator. A bit of a side fact here, I played a bit of hockey back in the day. Tony was the CEO of Hockey New South Wales when I was playing there, and he did great things for our sport at the time. We've reconnected, obviously, a bunch of years later at Greyhounds New South Wales, and he's taken the sport, honestly, from strength to strength. And I'm not just peeing in his pocket. We've seen the million-dollar chase. We've seen races like the 7.15 going off tonight. The participants are so happy with how Greyhound Racing is going. We've never seen uh, more better dogs on the track. Welfare is in a really fantastic place for the dogs. They're being looked after left, right and centre. And it's going to be a real shame to see him go because he's been great for our sport. I'm definitely not a Manly fan, so I wish him all the best, but I hope the club continues to struggle for the rest of their lives. (laughs) Uh, Simon, just give us a quick scoreline for the origin on Wednesday night. Uh, look, Queensland a win, 20 oh. points to 14. 20 points yeah. to 14. Uh, good on you, Simon. Now, Simon, on a serious note, uh, please come home safely because this would be the <laughs> ultimate mock and I'd be living with that for the rest of my life. Okay? As I, as I said, guys, up here filming a story on WOW. That'll come out the next couple of weeks. So, yeah, really beautiful scenery. I've actually got a bit of a toilet issue, guys. I know it's a highbrow show, but what's the etiquette on... Toilet time out in the bush, do you think? Well, are we talking uh, Amber Heard or are we talking a number one? <laughs> yeah, we're definitely not talking a number one, no. Ah, jeez. Oh, <laughs> stay, sec- stay out of the forest. Yeah. yeah. As I said, Sutton Forest right, Mackers just up the road. Luck, it's, <laughs> it's not Engadine Mackers. <laughs> <laughs> That's right. Uh, there he is, uh, our man Simon Auckland, with thanks to the world's richest Distance Greyhound Race Labroke 715 tonight at the Gardens. After the break, we've got the great man Paul Sirenin to join us from Blues Camp. A break and back with more. Yeah, Crunch Time brought to you by Ignite HQ. You can win the ultimate Blues origin experience for you and three mates. Uh, this is how you do it. Visit ignitehq.com.au. That's ignitehq.com.au. Uh, we'll get to your calls and texts after we catch him with the great man Paul Siren and Ciro who's on the line uh, plenty of text messages queuing up but we're going to go to the great man first how are you Ciro hey g'day uh, sugar and uh, boys all uh, all good on a Saturday afternoon Mitchell all good that's fantastic to hear <laughs> um, what's what's the latest what's been happening in camp uh, yeah been a good week been a good week yeah there, there's been a couple of little changes obviously in, in personnel and a new voice in Mary McGregor. He's replaced uh, Craig Fitzgibbon on, on staff. So um, I, I guess a few of the boys have been in camp the last few years are getting used to his. He's got a couple of little variations on things too. So, um, but yeah, there was a, some, a little bit of bonding early in the week, mate. A couple of little media events. But um, yeah, two, two or three really good days of, of solid work. And 
we, we broke camp yesterday uh, just after lunch and, and back in tomorrow for, for a session again. So um, it comes around quick. Hey, Sarah, you mentioned uh, Mary McGregor into the camp. Now, I understand he brought Alexander Volkanovsky to the crew. How did that go? Good, yeah, yeah, mate. It was um, because I, look, I, mate, to be honest, I'm not a huge UFC fan, to be honest, but uh, I, I, you know, I'd heard of him and, and whatnot. But um, apparently, he used to play a bit of league and a bit of front row too. But he's only he's only a little fella. But mate, when he, he spoke about, well, we watched some highlights before he spoke to the uh, to the playing group. We watched some highlights and. But I wouldn't want to give him a, you know, <laughs> really. Jeez, if he, if he jumped on your back, got you the choker hold, you'd be an all sorts. Yeah. <laughs> Rumor has it you've been putting the other coaching staff in choker holds ever since, Zero. <laughs> well, I'll leave that there. What's, <laughs> what, what's, what's your role with the with the coaching staff, Zero? What was that, mate? Sorry, what's what's your what's that? your role in camp? Mate, look, I'm a logistics manager, actually. You know, <laughs> so, look, I'm, so basically, just get, mate, all, all, just make sure everyone's got everything in, in place and ready to go. Once the boys hit the field, everything's in place, all, all the equipment, um, everyone's decked out properly. So there's no, mate, if they get beat, you can't blame me. Put it that way. Any so, free uh, track suits? Any free tracksuits for the boys uh, here at well, SEM? Maybe, yeah. <laughs> there could be a couple of 2XLs floating around. Oh, so beautiful. I haven't spotted a player of my shape in camp just yet. Sarah, <laughs> uh, Adrian Prezeka, uh, you, you mentioned uh, Volkanovski's in camp. Uh, I think Nathan Lyons also made a bit of a cameo uh, appearance. In the past, you've had the likes of uh, Ian Thorpe and you've had Red Bull pilots and all sorts of different people come in and share their stories in camp. Who's been your favourite uh, over your time with the Blues? Mate, we, we, we had um, um, one of the actors came in, Simon. So, so, so he, he plays a, the mentalist. You know, the, Simon, um, uh, Baker. Simon, yeah, Simon Baker. Yeah, Simon, Simon Baker. Baker. Yeah, yeah, Simon Baker. Simon Baker. Who? who, 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 who Para fan. Boy, boy, sheer, sheer coincidence. So, like, I, I, I love the mentalist watching that show on TV. Anyway, <laughs> it, it turns out and. I knew he was from the North Coast. Anyway, it, it turns out he lived next door to the house I bought up the coast 30 years ago. He was best mates with, with the son of the, the guy who bought the house off. He was best <laughs> mates with him you know, when they were growing up, up the North Coast, up around yeah. Ballina. So it's a, it's a small world, mate. So he was he was really interesting just to, just to talk to him. But mate, everyone who comes in, and they've got their own little tail and they... Yeah, they just add, add add something to the camp too. We had Stan Grant came in and addressed the group too. He was really really good. You know, he had a powerful message as well um, last year, Stan. So, but um, yeah, yeah, for Alex too. He, he he spoke about in training how how he pushes himself right to the limits, even in in, in training. And it was it was remarkable to hear the amount of detail he goes to with his sparring partners too. And you know, he, he, he he'll, he'll say that I'll punch you in the face in, in training. <laughs> <laughs> apologise, apologise after training and you know, go and buy him lunch. You know, I'd, I'd, I'd probably be a little bit more taken aback to that. But um, yeah, look, it, it's just um, yeah. So he, he, he was terrific. Yeah, the message he had about you know pushing yourself to the limits and and you know bringing yourself back, just getting getting comfortable with being uncomfortable. You know, was his, his kind of message. How does Simon Baker 
fire up a bunch of NRL yeah. players <laughs> before State of Origin. <laughs> I don't know, but he looks bloody good. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Oh, mate, just one of those. Yeah, oh, look, you know, it was just a have, great to have him in and around camp, mate. Look, he, 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 this is I'm talking probably four years ago. He he just popped in, popped down to Coogee and said good day. He, he knew. Knew Joey, Joe, Joey Johns when yeah, Joey was doing bits and pieces too. Um, he did a little bit of contribution to, to, to the squad. So yeah, but just you know, people from all, all walks of life. Um, mate, Huey, Huey Bowman called in yesterday as well, just quickly, just to say mm-hmm. good day, and he picked up a couple of things. Um, Get a couple of tracksuits and whatnot too. No, I know he didn't. Zero, are you? No, he. Uh, so I was, I was just going to ask you: Are you still playing uh, touch footy with uh, buckets and the likes out there at Putney and? Doing your best, <laughs> mate. I uh, no, I've, I've I've hung them up, mate. I I, I decided that five years, six year ago, sixteen year old, I showed him the sideline. He burnt me twice, and then I tried. Oh, to, no. I, tried to, I tried to I tried to ankle tap him and landed on my hip and tore my hip and. Oh. and I, uh, it, it it nearly cost me a golf trip to Thailand with a group oh. of mates. Oh, you've got to get your priorities right. So, no, nothing too physical now. A bit of power walking, power walking in the mornings and, uh, and a bit of swim in the pool. And that's about it for me. Sometimes with these, uh, you mentioned Simon Baker, and, and sometimes you've got to actually not hype the players up, hype them down. I remember, uh, Ciro, Wayne Bennett in 2010, he, he wanted to come up with something just to take the edge off. So Steve Price, who's his assistant coach, said, I've got the, the tonic for you, Wayne. So he said, this is what we're going to do. And he's quite the prankster, Steve Price. So... What he did was he said, Wayne, get him into a meeting and go real hardcore serious, right? This is ahead of the 2010 grand final. So here's Wayne laying down the law, blah, 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 blah. And at the back of the room, charges this bloke who's absent or appears to be absolutely shinless and starts taking over the whole thing. But as it turns out, Sarah, you may recall the comedian. Remember Kenny Graham? (laughs) And he he was just being blind drunk, right? But but the younger players didn't know Kenny Graham, right? So he's taken over this thing. And and as it turned out, it just took the mood down a little bit. So sometimes you need to do that. Of the new players, Ciro, uh, Katoni Staggs comes into the camp. Well, Stephen Crichton's already sort of been in and around the camp. And uh, now Ryan Madison. Uh, Who's sort of um, impressed you the most so far? Oh look, no, no, mate. They're all, mate. They're all, yeah, wonderful athletes and just, just so talented, mate. But I've, I've, I had a bit to do with with Maddo in the city country. Actually, Freddie picked him as a, I mean, virtually from reserve grade to play city several years ago. Maddo, and he's, he's just, uh, mate. He's a, he's a specimen, all right. He's a mate, great physique, and mate, he's, um, he's all, he's all power. Um, Steve, Steve Crichton again, great athlete. He, he, he did a bit in camp a couple of years ago with us again when we had that uh, extended squad with the with the COVID dramas. And, and Katoni's just yeah, he's uh, he doesn't say too much, mate. But he's, he's starting to come out of his shell a little bit towards the towards the back end of the week. I think he's getting more comfortable around the group, but he sort of tends to stick with Big Pino to look after him. That's his he's uh, <laughs> his right his right hand man. So hey, but, Sarah- yeah, but it's, it's it's a really good playing group. Ciro, um, just relating to the team, people are saying, oh, they're going to pick this guy. And obviously you're not going to share that with us. But are you, could you come out and say that the plan is absolutely settled or you're still juggling on a few things? Oh, mate, I, I, the, uh, the coaching staff don't share too much, mate. That, that's, that's probably how I make stuff like that, boys. But, um, yeah, look, I'll... I'll but I'll know if there's a you know a, a, a probably only 
I reckon by captain's run, he'll he'll have a fair idea what, what's going on. But I, I, I think he's picked one to seventeen, mate. And Freddie will go that way. So, Siro, um, you're the logistics man. Just just go to Freddie <laughs> and say, mate, I don't want to know the team. Duck I just need to know: Duck am I putting Katoni's uh, stuff on the left or the right, or Jack White's <laughs> on the left or the right? Just tell me. <laughs> Uh, there could be a Queensland spy in there somewhere, mate. Yeah. So we'll just yeah. leave that for uh, for Wednesday evening. Uh, now, take us into camp. How does the Blues coaching staff spend a Saturday race day uh, with the weekend off? How are you doing that today? Well, having Huey Bowman in there yesterday afternoon, we did we did have a you know we kind of grilled him about what he's got, you know. And and, and again, mate, he, he was just telling us that uh, cause, but I was taking him my third pork roll or something rather, and he. Yeah. You know, he's just sitting there. I thought, you know, poor bugger looks looks like he needs a couple of feeds, all right. But um, he just said, mate, he, he you know can't can't even drink, you know, can't even drink, drink fluid and things like that. But he did mention that he was flying to is it Eagle yeah, Farm? Brisbane, right? yeah. Up, up there? yeah, I think the thing in the last he said is probably his best hope. Oh. So I don't know if that's going to give anyone anyone out there. Um, some sort of comfort. Uh, okay, no, I'll, we'll track it down. No, I'm putting two two together here. Now you're, you're quite the magician, Ciro, because as soon as you mentioned Hugh Bowman, uh, magically four blokes in this room picked pens up. Um, but uh, Andrew Johns, uh, he was tipping the same horse, uh, Huey Bowman, in the last in Brisbane. Was he also in attendance of said meeting? Uh, no, he wasn't. But I dare say Huey might have come from. Andrew's place straight I've, to that meeting at the surf club. Oh, right. surf club. <laughs> I, I've found the horse. It's number three, Athelric. It's had three wins yep. on the trot, paying three forty. So what time's right. that on? Uh, that's at four twenty eight this afternoon. The best tips to give are when you're off air when it runs. So yeah. if it loses, nah, no problem. Hey Ciro, mate, we appreciate it. We appreciate it. If you had to guess a man of the match, um who who can you see? What's your gut feel seeing? The blues win the match. Who's got the man of the Wally Lewis? A good start to the Wally Lewis medal. Think sugar. It's a bit early to be calling that, mate. Yeah. But, you know, um, I I just think the um, one of the Penrith, the Penrith trio, mate. Yo, you know, or, or Cleary or, mm. or or Jerome, mate. That you know, three just getting us around the park. Their combinations, and, and well, you saw what the Panthers did last night too, mate. You know, even without six players and. No, we didn't see yeah, that. that, that those blokes, oh yeah, that's probably a doggy fan. Yeah, those three are just getting us around the parks so well, mate. They're um, they're real, they're super players, and you can see why the Panthers are where they are. So um, I don't know if you've got a little bit extra after backing the last in the Eagle Farm, you can probably have a little a little punt on the man of the match. We'll on those three blokes down to the two hundred and the blue pajamas. They're pairing it off. It's ingratiating, but here comes Al Felrick starting to come over the top. Al Felrick for Huey Bowman high in the irons gets the cash over ingratiating. Oh, look at the blues. Speaking about blue, they're up and about. Thank you very much, Zero. All right, boys. Enjoy your afternoon. Oh, we'll be Thanks. doing that. Not as much as you, but we will enjoy it. Don't worry about that. Uh, by the way, uh, there is a great man, Paul Siren, and kind enough to give his time on a Saturday straight out of the Blues camp. And uh, three State of Origin calls this week on Wednesday. You've got the New South Wales bias call. You've got the Queensland bias call. And you have the neutral call. So you can be part of the show. one three hundred oh one eleven seventy. Text 0457 736 736 is the way to do that. Twitter and Instagram at 1170 SEN and SENQ. And the podcast, of course, you can catch up anytime you like, which is also on Spotify now uh, for you Android users. NRL Crunch Time. James Magnuson, Adrian Prezenko, I'm Joel Kane. I'm breaking back with more. Goes away out 
to Pierce. He gets one away to Tom Trebojevic. It's gone to Blake Ferguson. Ferguson, can he stand up? Now he throws the pass. He's got it back to you-know-who. Tedesco for the corner. Tedesco's over. James Tedesco appropriately puts it over the line in front of a sea of Blatchy's Blues. Yeah, the Blatchy's Blues, a good story itself, actually. They started with about eight people on the front lawn and then it has grown to a massive cohort who parked themselves at the northern end of Acor Stadium for those home games at the Blues. But, boys, uh, Rabs retires. It's basically, well, Adrian, you're a similar age to me. Um, it's basically all we've ever heard for, well, for Origin, certainly. Absolutely. And I'd imagine, Sugar, for, for someone like yourself who played the game, yeah. I think there'd be such a thrill to play first grade, yeah. but also to have your name called by Rabs. I'd imagine that would have been... Hearing that would have been a very special moment. My, as my well. debut was a, was a, a frosty uh, Friday night down there at Canberra. But speaking of which, he would have called you many times, Miss I, wouldn't he? I'm not in, sure. In I've, never, I've never watched back my races. Have you not? Never. No, no, I don't watch them. I don't know why. Um, but yeah, we were, I think we were with Channel Nine for a little while. Do you remember your races? Because I hardly remember a game I played in. Yeah, not really. Some. Okay. Some, but not really like flashes of what was happening. But also, um, they're over pretty quickly, obviously. But uh, you don't see a lot. No. You kind of see, <laughs> you, you see the black line, then you see a flash of someone beside you. And when you race in front of the big crowds, so some of the bigger crowds, maybe upwards of 20,000, but in a closed roofed stadium it's super loud so when your your head's under the water the cap's on are you hearing all that you don't hear much you hear a buzz yeah. but then each time you breathe you hear, hear a huge scream then head back down into tranquility then huge scream again yeah so it's like it's a bizarre feeling and when i've raced in front of big crowds that are say pro australian crowds so for instance my first world title was in china and my biggest competitors were American. So the Chinese were right behind me yes. as an Australian. Yes. And so I had almost a home crowd of 20,000 Chinese people. And you don't know exactly where you are in the race. And I always used to finish really strong. And as I'm coming down the last 25 metres, each time I breathe, the crowd's getting louder and louder and louder. So I'm thinking, I'm, I could be on here. I could, I could be on for a win. Yeah. And sure enough, I, I, I did win the race and the, the Chinese got, uh, got right behind me. Wow. So your coach would never make you watch the race and break it down to see how you're performing in terms of your, your stroke and everything yeah, else? Yeah, like not, not those big ones, not the really big ones. So like a, a World Champs or a, an Olympics or a Com Games, we wouldn't really analyze those races too much because that's like the grand final once you're there it just kind of happens what you're analyzing is all the races in the lead up and where you're at then um so you have you have a bit of time off after that world champs or olympics and then that race itself kind of becomes irrelevant to what you're doing that following season uh, I'm uh, jumping on the back here of the reptile. The chairman of Cooey Corner, he says, boys, I have got a lock for you. He's one from one with me, the reptile. He says, uh, boom, Nova. Uh, so anyway, do as you please and gamble responsibly. But uh, Seal's telling us that uh, he was calling in London, so he would have been he calling it. Yeah, yeah, there yeah, you perhaps. go. So there you go. Um, just uh, I'll tell you, little things, he have so many tricks, Rabs, right? So he said a good trick, if you have to get the attention of the crowd, he would double up. 
right? So you'd say Prezenko, Prezenko to Magnuson, Magnuson to Kane, Kane now. Back to Prezenko. He'd double up on the surname, and that's a little trick that he'd have yeah, to garner okay. the attention of the crowd. Um, here's, here's Benji Marshall's uh, great... Uh, oh, this is a good one. Uh, it was brilliant. Thurston, right foot kick, down the ground, into the end goal almost. Hodgson cuts it off. Hodgson taken by Norton. He took him late. Marshall skips away. Marshall skips away. Marshall's still going. Marshall's got Richards coming up outside. Now inside. Richards pursued. He pushes Johnson away. Pat Richards. Pat Richards has scored a magnificent try. Oh, yes. Uh, 2003, did you say, Seal? 2003, we have it. 2004, that's Canterbury taking on. Well, you'll like this call, Missile. I love this call. Hegarty runs into O'Mealy and Romaldi. 23 seconds. Fiddler, it goes over to Wig. Wing away to Finch. Then it's gone out to Crocker. There you go. We just dropped out there. <laughs> I know um, what happens. But that, <laughs> Andrew that, that Ryan game makes actually, a try-saving yeah. tackle. Well, yeah. that's a uh, crocker goes away, and yeah, um, yeah, he makes a break. And as I was there in the crowd, and I thought we've we've lost it. They're, yeah. they're, they've made a break down the sideline, and Andrew Ryan makes a covering tackle. Is it? It's, it feels surreal to know that he's not going to be calling mm. those moments again because my whole childhood, every, every memory of rugby league I have is with his voice. Yeah. Surreal. Uh, Elvis Sparky says he's a little bit older, but he says, uh, "Gents, I remember the great." Late Daryl Eastlake calling Origin with Jack Gibson. Yeah. Okay. Uh, they were fantastic if, as well. If you were Channel 9 and you had to pick someone to replace Ray Warren, you could pick anyone, mm. anyone out there to call the next Origin series, who would you pick? Oh, I think that's one for the listeners. 0457 736 736. Yeah. I, I think I'd, I, I think Matty Thompson will do a good job. I'd, I've got my pick. I'd go Dan Ganane. Dan Ganane? Yeah, yeah. I like Dan Ganane's call. Bossy's good as well. We've got, okay. we got a lot of great callers. Dan could get the job done. Um, Matty Thompson will get the job done. Vossi would get it done. Is Matty Thompson the next Rabs? Will Will he go on to be a generational caller? Well, we'll only know in 30 years, won't we? What, what do you think, Adrian? It's interesting. I'm just reflecting on uh, Rabbit's stories. And at the Herald, like we can measure all of our how many people click on our stories, um, which is somewhat chastening at times. But... My colleague Christian Nicolucci wrote a story about the day that Rabs was sitting behind Snoop Dogg on an aeroplane <laughs> and it almost broke the internet, honestly. Oh. So he's gotten in and Rabs is a nervous flyer at the yeah. best of times yeah. and he's ordered a Chardonnay just to calm his nerves a little bit. And as he's about to have a sip, Snoop Dogg, who's sitting in front of him, has reclined his seat and Rabs has spilt the Chardonnay all over himself and blown up. And all of a sudden, Snoop's handlers have swooped on Rabs from everywhere. Oh, wow. And Nicolucci's talked to Rabs and done the story, and apparently it's the, the highest-rating story that he's ever written. That's Is that so right? Yep. He must have been up the pointy end of the plane, Rabs, to be yeah. near Snoop Dogg. Uh, by the way, special shout-out for the uh, chairman. That's why you're the chairman of Cooey Corner. Reptile, that, my friend, is why you are the chairman. one three hundred oh one eleven seventy is the way to have your say. Open line we go. This is crunch time. All thanks to Ignite HQ to the open line we go. Who's on the line, Seal? George. George Georgie boy. Hey, George. Yeah, g'day, guys. How you going? Outstanding, George, but we'll get better. What do you know? Oh, I don't know if there's anyone going to replace uh, Ray Warren, but I'll tell you, I, I, who I don't mind is David Morrow. I reckon he's a great caller. Oh, yeah, Thirsty Morrow. I think he may have called those uh, famous test matches over in England back in the, the 90s when uh, they pinched a few late, didn't they? Is that the case, George? Yeah, possibly, yep. 
Yeah. Uh, what else you got, Georgie? How are you spending your Saturday? Oh, that's... Oh, no. <laughs> just, just my wife has asked me to do uh, mow the grass and I'm, I've just left out just to do some uh, posting and stuff. I go for a drive... Keep away from the grass. I hate it. Oh, you're one of the great procrastinators. So good. Yeah. yeah. When you've got five acres, you 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 got plenty to procrastinate about. He's got five Simon Bakers. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> Joel, am I right in saying that back in the day, uh, Big Darrell Eastlake and Rabs used to call together for yes. a while for Origin? Yes. I mean, did Origin sound any better oh. than when Rabs... And, yeah, and Big Darrell East, like, we're in, together in unison. Yeah. I'll tell you, just on that, George, further to Adrian's point, you know what I always found it fascinating with – with oh, George is gone. He's going to cut the, uh, the five George. acres. Um, <laughs> is when you're co-calling in a grand final, and you see this in the AFL, actually, where there's a number of ball-by-ball callers, what, what happens in the event where it's Thurston-like time, right? So – it's a game to be decided and your voice is going to be overlaid on that vision forever. Are the commentators just palming off each other to have that final say? That's what I've often thought about that. Yeah, it's an interesting one. Have you noticed we've lost a heap of big callers all at the same time? So we've lost Bruce McAvaney yeah. from the AFL, uh, Rabs from the NRL, Richie Benno is no longer with us in the cricket. Yeah, it's a, it's a whole generation of sport that we've grown up watching is no longer going to be calling. Billy Birmingham's out of a job. Oh, There's no one else to take yeah. the mickey out of. That's right. Of is he the most imitated Australian? Rabs or Richie. is Richie? Alan Jones. Richie. Yeah. yeah. Well, if you're being that imitated, you know you've made it. Yeah. Uh, I bumped into Rabs. It was my very first radio call. I shared this during the week, so apologies to listeners who've already heard this story. But... Um, Ray Hadley gave me an opportunity to call half a game. So the second half of a game where Manly were playing and they'd yeah. call at another venue for the full game. So they called it a dual call and they'd come out to me. And I was in the stairwell just near the bathroom and Rab says, oh, mate, I understand you're having your first ever call on radio. I said, oh, yeah, I'm a bit nervous, Rabs, but th- thanks so much. And he said, can I give you some advice, son? I said, yeah, oh, absolutely. He said, light and shade. He said, if the crowd's up, you're up. He said, if they're not up, don't be a lunatic, right? <laughs> and so it's about two minutes before the game's about to kick off and he's rushing back to the commentary box. For me, I'm very casual because I'm only calling the second half. Uh-huh. I said, anything else, Rabs? He goes, yes, son, it's very important to be in the box when the game starts. <laughs> and, and then off he went. one three hundred oh one eleven seventy. This is Crunch Time. James Magnus and Adrian Prezeko, I'm Joel Kane. I'm breaking back with more. Yeah, we might catch up on some of these uh, text messages and then dive into a bit of origin chat. Um... Uh, afternoon, sugar at all. Uh, missed my call yesterday, so cooey. Love how good the Panthers are going. Wow. Minji Lee equal uh, 36 hours later in the US LPGA. Oh, there you go. She's flying, isn't she? Yeah. She's playing really well, and her brother's into the top 50 in the world as well. Is that right? Min Woo. Min so, Woo Lee. Uh, the Lee's going well. Her, um, uh, Fletch always waxes lyrical about her stroke, her, the way she... Gorgeous. Isn't it? Yeah. Beautiful uh, tempo. Freddie Couples-like. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, this one from 650. Uh, that was from JS. So this one from 650. Uh, talking dummy halves, how good was Reese Robson on Thursday night? He's a New South Wales dummy half, by the way. De La Sarrell, carrying bar boy, I think you'll find. He's keeping Ruben Cotter out of a job because remember he went up there as a hooker? Yes. And Reese Robson took that, that hooking role. Now the rest is history. Cotter in the starting 13 for the Maroons. Did you boys ever, and this comes from Eels Mars, did you boys ever listen to... Uh, uh, rampaging Roy Slaven and H.G. Yes. Nelson. 
Yes. Wasn't that fun? Like the brick with eyes yeah. and all that stuff. Andrew Johns was the unmade bed. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, was, you, you might have been a bit too young for that missile, were you? I remember Roy and HG did the Olympic special. Yeah. Remember they used to do Oh, it? that's right. And they had uh, Eric the Eel going yeah. for the the wherever he was from, the the local record. Yes. And the Equatorial world record. Guinea. Yeah, the Equatorial <laughs> Guinea record. Yeah. And the line was going up and back, jumping up and back and down the pool as he's swimming along. They were good. They were good value. Uh, Mark from Prairie would agrees with the buy points. He said, looking at the AFL ladder this week is a buy round as well, and they don't even have a buy column. Uh, you don't need to. Exactly right, Mark. Mm. Uh, totally agree with that. Um, g'day, boys. Tell George a couple of cold beers. And listening to you boys through the headphone makes a great day behind the mower. Love the show, says Matt. Good on you, Matthew. Uh, classic Darrell Eastlake commentary. Pierce off, Gibbs on. Uh, Jack blew up, <laughs> Deluxe Paramount. Yeah, that wasn't real uh, Paramount. That was Billy Birmingham. Yes. Yeah. So it's funny when things happen uh, so long ago, we start to believe they will. Uh, Mark likes Peter Basaltis. Yeah, he's doing a good job as well. Yeah, I don't well. mind him. Bit of a Queensland bias, so not yep. for origin. Thank you. 448 says the chairman of Cooey Corner. The reptile's two from two. We need more reptile. Yeah, uh, one more from the reptile before we go off air would be a good reptile. I'm here till two, so yep. <laughs> I'm listening, reptile. Send us something. That's it. Uh, that is it. And they're all uh, Tazzy Mike. Uh, we're on the last courtesy of... Zero. Zero. Yeah, don't blame us, Tazzy Mike. We've Tazzy given Mike. him a few duds over the weeks. I can't forget that, yeah. Uh, <laughs> uh, Tazzy Mike, if this gets beat, it's not us, it's you, okay? <laughs> so one three hundred oh one eleven seventy. Time to chat some Origin, all thanks to Ignite HQ, where you can win the ultimate blues Origin experience, Ignite HQ. Go check it out. A big opportunity for you and three mates. Uh, let's just dial back on last night's performance. The Fox... You knew he'd have a big one, didn't you, boys? You just got the sense that he's a champion player, the Fox. His highlights reel would go for days. Uh, you just knew he would stand up. Yeah, but I, I was on him as a try scorer. You were on him for two tries. Yeah. Um, it had that feel about it. Even his meterage out of his own end last night was pretty decent. Um, extremely, extremely unlucky yeah. to, to miss out on it. Like, I, I just think of the Foxes. Uh, a, a bit of a barometer for how a, a team's going to perform, his energy. Yep. Well, and he would dominate the, the media, wouldn't he? I, I would have thought, too, that him, like just, just seeing him around the team, what he would bring off the field just yeah. to lighten yeah. the mood. And I know that the you know the Panthers guys are quite tight and they do that. They, they come in with their boombox and Jerome Woolwhite, et cetera, et cetera. But he is that guy that you can hear him before you see him. Yeah. Yep. Um, and it's it's just astonishing because we, there's this whole debate about the height. You know, he's he's not as tall as the, the Queensland wingers. Well, obviously Brian Tao's not a giant either. Yeah. yeah. But, you know, you, you can't coach height, but you can't coach speed. And you know, I agree. You, you can't. I don't think any other winger scores the tries that he does last night. No. The other thing about the height, and and you'd know this as well, Joel. Pl- a player as height. fast. <laughs> <laughs> a player as fast as Josh Adokar, I guarantee you, would have a really high vertical leap. Yes. Because he's a springy guy, yeah. right? Yeah. I, I'd bet that he could almost jump as high as Tupu based off his uh, fast twitch muscle fibres. Potentially, yeah. Were potentially. we ever talking about him as a guy that got outlepped a lot? Never. No. I can't ever remember that. I can't ever that. think about people going over the top of him. No, yeah. I, I, yeah, I, I was starting to think the same thing as you mentioned that. I I, I don't recall him being outlepped. Yeah. But, but you know what? You've got to give it to them. We're sitting here in a studio. Uh, Freddie's put them on the line. Yeah. So um, there'd be a lot of science behind it as well. But I've got to say, like as I said earlier, I would have gone the combinations we know, which Fox knows these guys. I know Latrell Mitchell's not there, but I would have gone Burton with the Panthers combination, Crichton with the Panthers combination on the right-hand side. 
you've got White Narada, you've got uh, Tupo a Rooster, you've got Katani Staggs, who's a Bronco, and you've got Toto, who's a Panther. So we had an opportunity to go very much uh, in unison with as close as we could to the Penrith cohort, which could still happen. If Stag starts off the bench, you might see Liam Martin start on the right-hand side with Crichton and Yo in there in the middle there, uh, out the back to tie. So you may ha- still see you that. could have even had Coruscant as well. You Coruscant. You, you could have had Coruscant. And, and you know what? I'm a Damien Cook fan. But if you've got the opportunity to go Coruscant, Cleary, Yo, Luai, that, that's very, very enticing, isn't it? Yeah. Well, I've... I liked that. Um, but the weird one with the hooker position, right? Not having Coruscant's 18th man. You know, if there's a head knock yeah. and it's foul play, you get to use your 18th man. If that's Damian Cook that goes down, not having Coruscant at 18, we're very vulnerable in that hooking position. That's the that's the big kind of glaring issue for mine is if, if Damian Cook goes down or he can't make the full 80. So who goes in there? Wyden? Yeah, but what? And if Clayton Cleary goes down, who goes there? Yep. Yep. Who, who is the halfback if Nathan Cleary goes down? I'm assuming well, if, it's foul, if it's foul play, then Nico comes in and yeah, goes into halfback. If it's, if foul, it's play, foul play, yeah, so who's halfback? then you'd have to go White into 5'8", um, Luai to halfback. Luai to halfback. It's not great. Anyway, thankfully, hopefully that does not happen. one three hundred oh one eleven seventy. We are here thanks to Ignite HQ, and you can win the ultimate blues origin experience for you and three mates. Visit ignitehq.com.au. Just repeating with the three calls on State of Origin Night. The New South Wales bias call, the Queensland call. The New South Wales bias call will go direct through to 1170 SEN for those listeners. We've got the Queensland call and the neutral call, which you can get via the app Who as does the well. the neutral call? Uh, Jimmy Smith's doing the neutral call. I'm going to do the Blues call through SEN 1170. So looking Jimmy forward to that. Jimmy Smith is a New South Welshman, isn't he? Yes. So how's he going to stay in neutral? Uh, there might be two Blues. <laughs> yeah. Uh, <laughs> uh, break it back with more. Well, it's good to be back. And I think the only reason I keep getting invited back is because this man keeps winning and he wants to talk about it. Scotty Sattler, how are you? Oh, I'm good, Josh. Um, well, I'm good now. You can probably <laughs> tell that I'm... <laughs> You can tell that I'm talking through a smile at the moment. So I had a couple of weeks off where the, the uh, my multis weren't really um, giving any of the dabblers yeah. any love at all. But last week um, was a successful weekend last weekend, actually. So, yeah, look forward to trying to um, get another one. What is, a, of course, it's a shortened NRL weekend. So it's a little bit harder this weekend. Yeah, that's right. Maybe we need to call you a second week settler. Uh, every second yeah. week, you're going to help us with a winner. But um, yeah, no, there's plenty of go. Well, we've got a lot of origin markets open at the moment as well um, for all those dabblers out there. So we'll get to the NRL crunch time bet in just a second. But of course, we've got um, some unique rocket bets for dabblers if they want to jump on the app. And there's a couple of different options for try scorers, first try scorer that are combined. So you can copy those with one bet. But who do you like in the origin? Well, you know what? I'm a Queenslander. I love Queensland. I think Queensland have picked an amazing side that can score a lot of points. Um, and I, I think what is against New South Wales, uh, Queensland, I should say, Josh, is that going historically that Queensland find it really difficult to win at what mm. is the Olympic Stadium, a core stadium. So, yeah, my heart and my head is telling me <laughs> Queensland. Um, yeah. And I think, I think Queensland in a scoreline of around 24 points to 18. Ooh. Um, and I think, yeah, I, I think I think you've got to score at least 22 to 24 to win an origin, and I think both teams can do that as well. It'll then come down to a little defensive effort. And I think Queensland had the edge in a couple of those little efforts. 
Uh, across both sides. Oh, I don't there, but let's talk about the uh, crunch time NRL team, uh, Tui Pulotu and Garrick to score any time today in the uh, Seagulls and New Zealand Warriors clash. What do you reckon? See, this is what this is my, my bugbear against the crunch team is. I mean, <laughs> you can't go safe all the time, crunch team, okay? you got to go in the limb now and then. you got to throw your cards on the table and you got to go for a position that is not generally a try scorer. Now, Two wingers, of course, they get, one of them at least is going to try. The other one may jag a late try. I get that. So I've added a winger yeah. into mine as well. Um, yeah, and I yeah. think, Josh, that uh, I think the scoreline I've been looking over the last four to five weeks is the Warriors games. And um, over you know, 80% of those games, the last five to six weeks, have been less than 42 and a half points. So I think it's yeah. going to be um, match total under 41 and a half. Uh, Manly to yeah. win head-to-head. I've got Jason Saab scoring any time, t- going over the top of someone in a crossfield kick. And I've got Pamali Olakawatu, the back rower, to score any time, the manly back rower. So they'll give you $15 for a same-game multi. Jeez, that's why we love you, Sats. And I know you say they go safe, but they get the results. Of course, lastly, they got a win as well. But I know what you're saying, $4.41. It's still a win, though, Sats. It's still a win. you got to enjoy those moments when you can. <laughs> yeah, I know, but I've, I've got to... I've got to fire a grenade over their fence whenever I can. Yeah, absolutely. Well, of course, uh, you know what? You're doing very well, Sats. And if you want to follow Sats' bet, we know how passionate he is and how much he loves the app. Uh, you can download it yourself. Uh, download it from the App Store. Uh, follow the Crunch Time NRL team. Follow Sats13, who's on a winner at the moment. And go on, have a dabble, dabble socially and gamble responsibly. And really looking forward to Origin and, and your predictions there, Sats. So until next time, we'll uh, find out if you're right. Thanks, Josh. Crunch Talk to you soon. Check out Dabble Banter channels and copy Crunch Time bets. Go on, have a dabble. Gamble responsibly. Call 1-800-858-858. Yeah, we're gearing up for this afternoon's footy or tonight's footy, really, all thanks to Dometic. And you can go on your next adventure, Dometic. Dot com is the way to do that. Uh, Missile, I know you're very keen. Seagulls take on the Warriors. There is no Tommy Turbo. There is no Daily Cherry Evans and seemingly no concern for you. Yeah, they get a few troops back for this one, Manly. Um, I really like them. I think they're a special this weekend at Brookvale. Uh, I'm, I'm going to load up on them in this game. And you spoke about the Warriors. Right left, side. Right side defence. Awful. Uh, struggling. So yep. we've got Chewy Peloto on that. Left side for Manly, so I'm going to back him in for two or more tries tonight. Like that. Uh, by the way, uh, the reptile, uh, is he pushing the pass? I don't know. He's been so good. He's been so good, but he's tipping the favourite in the next at Rose Hill, which I have backed uh, Chairman of Cooey Corner, Niffler. Uh, so gamble responsibly there. Just some team news. Jason Saab is expected to make his return. Taniela Paseca uh, won't be a late inclusion, so he was admitted from the 19-man squad. Uh, Josh Schuster will start in the halves in the place of Daly Cherry Evans, and of course, Kieran Foran will play halfback. For the Warriors, Wade Egan and uh, back rower Bailey Sirenen have both been named to return, so there's a boost to avoid their fifth straight loss. The Warriors. Raiders take on the Roosters tomorrow. So we've got both calls, by the way, on SEN. The Seagulls tonight versus the Warriors. And tomorrow, the Raiders take on the Roosters. Uh, Matt Frawley will play 5-8 alongside uh, Jamal Fogarty, who gets his second game back. Uh, Corey Horsburgh's going quite well, isn't he, Adrian? Yes, yeah, certainly is. But I think this is going to be a, a bridge too far for, for the Raiders. They, they were unlucky against Parramatta last week. But, yeah, definitely the uh, the Roosters for mine. Manu at fullback. Sawali expected to play. Sawali expected to play. So just note that as well. Um, 
1170 Plenty more still to come. Thank you very much, Adrian, for your efforts today. Likewise, Missile, six to go play on for myself. Uh, Andrew McCulloch, he's waiting there in the mounting yard. Stow to the great Stevie Philp. They're coming up on the other side of this. Yeah, welcome back to Crunch Time. Uh, this is the Crunch Time on a Saturday, thanks to Ignite HQ. And I'm pleased to say that the... Well, not pleased to say, because the boys were terrific in the first <laughs> half, but equally <laughs> pleased to say that our uh, next guest has got the interchange cards coming up, Andrew McCulloch, Stevie Philp. How are you, boys? Mate, I'm great. They're still outside there, and <laughs> yes. you just had a crack at it. Yeah, I know, I know. I, I, I didn't word that appropriately. <laughs> but uh, what I was about to say was that we are replacing like for like, a couple like. of stars with a couple of stars. How are you, boys? Going good, mate. How are you? Mate, well, you've lost the plot, Andrew McCulloch. <laughs> so you've got a rare weekend off in the middle of the year and you've chosen the worst job in history to do. Well, no, I've got training tomorrow because our week's short. So, look, mate, I'm not meant to be out anywhere. I've got tomorrow at training. So, yeah, no, it's good to come in and talk a bit of footy and rubbish with you blokes. Moving house, how bad is it, Philpy? Oh, mate, it's horrible. And, you know, never be one of those blokes. You know how if a mate's moved house or something and you say to them, and you never mean this. No, no, no. Hey, mate, if you need a hand. Yeah, because right. you ne- you're not you never want to help when they no. go. Oh, actually, yeah. Well, mate, just that's not on, is no. it? Like, I'll tell you what is on. Like the many times we've had you on this show, Philby, <laughs> your hair has never looked better. Oh, really? Yeah, that's good. Mate, mate. you've got a real glow about you. Okay. You got your eyes are sparkling. <laughs> your Hello, hair is sugar. looking magnificent. Are we allowed to touch? Have you had a nice quiet week? Have you? Um, I've been working a fair bit. Have so you? I've been off the source, if that's what you're asking. Yeah, yeah. Mate. I think that's what I'm getting to. Yeah, <laughs> maybe that's yeah. it. Yeah. Yeah, you're supposed to say the same back because I've also been off the source. Anyway. That was awkward, um, wasn't it? You look great, mate. I yes. Uh, so what have we got coming up uh, this couple of hours? I think I'm on the wrong run down here, uh, Seal. Uh, <laughs> okay, are they on two I... different rundowns? No, no, no. They're all together. So if you keep So how come there's nothing underneath? I've got blank page after blank page after blank page after okay. blank page. You might be... You know, I don't know where you're going. <laughs> Can you tell there? us what we've got okay, coming up? so what we've got coming up, we've got Jeff Fennick to preview the Cambosis. Wow. Yes. Haney fight. Yes. Good get, Philpy. Yeah, thank yep. you. Credit to you. That's why I said, wow. I then like, you always <laughs> drag a big gun in with you, don't you? <laughs> Mate, I've got to. I've got nothing else. <laughs> so I have to bring something here. <laughs> bring the big gun. Um, yeah. Tony Kemp doing the call tonight on the Manly Seagulls yes. Warriors game. SEM Breakfast Toast will join us to give us an update on how well the Warriors are going. Yes. And uh, we've got Bobcat Ryan, also thanks to Philpy. Yes. Excellent. Bobcat oh, Ryan. the Bobcat Ryan. I've got a good Bobcat Ryan story, which we'll get to soon. But I want to talk about Alex Cecile, because Alex is, he's well known on SEN as Alex Cecile. Yeah. But I, I reckon he should be the mulch. Like, his surname's Mulchinoff, right? Yes. And he's, mate, he's got that much knowledge. Like, yeah. the mulch is thick. Yeah. It's deep, dense, <laughs> thick it mulch. Is. He, you name any sport. Like, on the way in here, he's talking about, uh, I don't know golf, so I'm gl- yeah. luckily we haven't spoken about golf ever on this show, but he's comparing a woman's stroke to another golfer's stroke. Like, how much golf are yeah, you, you compare the mulch? Yeah. Freddie Couples. Freddie Couples. Yeah. <laughs> the great American golfer. Yeah. He's a couple of majors. So yeah. you're telling me you've watched, who's the female golfer? Mingy Lee. So Mingy Lee, you've the watched, Australian. You've watched her, and as soon as you've seen her hit a stroke, you've gone, Fred Couples. That's Frederick Couples. Wow. That sort of rhythm. Yeah. You're a golfer, <laughs> Macca? Don't mind going out and playing a bit of golf. It's yeah. been a while, but. So. Who, if, if there's a foursome playing golf down there in the Dragons camp, who's the hot hitters? Oh, mate, there'll be, there'll be plenty of um, contenders. Blake yeah. Laurie hits it well. Zach Lomas, Lomax are always out. You know, boys with no kids obviously help. So yeah. those two boys always um, <laughs> out having a, having a hit down at Shell Harbour. So you'll probably be those two boys. How's Blake Laurie go? Blake Laurie scored his first yeah. try. How's he? Has he been oh, unbearable? Mate, he's, um, yeah, 
He's um, on top of the world at the moment. The big fella, you just cannot believe it. He's, <laughs> he's um, strutting around. Strutting around. He's got the shirt off. He's pretty <laughs> happy at the moment. So you can imagine Blake with his shirt off, how impressive it is. So Now I've got this vision of him, not, not just at training with his shirt off, but like down at Woolies. Oh, it's... mate, he's newfound sense of uh, confidence, <laughs> certainly after a try. Was, and he... everyone got around. It was like winning the grand final, actually. It was, it was good. So we just need um, twirls next, I think. So oh, he yeah. was very aware, was he? He was very aware of the situation. Blake, Laurie, you mean? Yeah, I yeah, imagine so. Yeah, Blake. Yeah, Blake was well aware and um, numerous amount of times reminded from his teammates about the amount of times he was then either held up or just oh, fell short. So yeah. it was a running joke there for a while, but um, it's taken ninety games. But he's uh, he's got there, the big fella. So, Seal, you've tripped me up here. So he's got the rundown, and what he yeah. thought he would do is put. 17 blank pages in between oh, uh, oh, seg wow. one. And... Maybe that mulch isn't so thick <laughs> anymore. <Yeah. laughs> yes. So how's your week been, Philby? Mate, I've been okay, yeah. yeah. I, uh, my hand, I've been doing a bit of audience warm-up for those um, who don't know who I am. I do crowd warm-up before TV shows, and uh, I've been working on a show called Celebrity Letters and Numbers on SBS. Oh. And um, we've been sort of getting from about four to five people in the audience. So um, I don't know if you can see that the ha- my hands are literally splitting. like From, from the clapping? Clapping, yeah, 100%. So clapping's not something you do all the time, right? No. But I'm being 8 o'clock in the morning till 6 o'clock in the day, clapping nonstop when there's four people in the crowd. Oh. And then a couple of times raced across to the Matty John show and done the, the same thing in a night time. And, um, yeah, surprising I look so good. Has, <laughs> has there ever been a, a, um, a warm-up man? Is yeah. that what you call yourself, warm-up man? Warm-up artist. Warm-up yeah, warm up, yeah, yeah. Warm artist <laughs> who's uh, out with injury. Well, yeah, that can happen. Do you know, yeah. um, warm-up artists don't get to catch up very often because they're always working on different shows. Yeah, yeah. Ewan Campbell was like the original footy show warm-up guy. In fact, he's the only was guy. He? Yeah, he, he originally started. He, I only ever saw one person do audience warm-up, and it was Ewan Campbell at the Midday Show. Wow. My mum took me down. Do you remember when Fatty used to do a segment on the Midday yes, Show? Yeah. It was like around the time of the world's biggest barbecue or one of those things that he did. And I was, I think I was about 15, and my mum, massive fan of the Midday Show for some reason, and uh, we went down, and I saw this guy. He was hilarious, and he did this thing. And, um, there's some great stories for warm-up. One guy once, you notice someone if they're not clapping, right? You need everyone to, yeah. to join, to clap. If you've got three or four who aren't, you're battling. Yeah. And so Ewan's looking up at this person, and he's like getting it, and they're not clapping. They're the only person not <laughs> clapping. And he's like looking up, and he looks at him, and he's like gets his hands up and sort of mimes to clap yeah. towards that person. <laughs> yeah. That person puts their arms up, no hands. Like they've oh, got, no. they've, they've got no hands, oh, and you're no. like, oh, where do you look? For yeah, that? like, that's, that's... auditions for this sort of role. And is, <laughs> what is yeah. there? Not really. You just basically don't have a lot of talent, uh, Macca. You just oh, got to get out there and clap and be loud. I think that's basically it. But I actually worked on a show once where no one turned up in the audience. Is that right? right? Yeah. So. It was called um, The Great Australian Spelling Bee. I'm not sure if you remember. Grant Denyer actually hosted it. It was a bunch of overachieving kids yeah, yeah, <laughs> spelling. I remember it, yeah, yeah. yeah. It ended up being actually a really good show. But because it hadn't been on TV yet, um, struggled to get a crowd. So it had enough seats for about 200 people. No one shows. And when that happens, and this was a show where they were going to show the audience off in terms of camera shots, right? So that when that happens on a show like that, you quickly find out who, who works at a television show who doesn't do a lot, right? Yeah. So all of a sudden hair and makeup are in the audience. Oh, yes. Oh, they're busy, up, yeah. right, when yeah. the show's uh, before the show, yes. but when the show's actually on. Now they're in the crowd. And me, yeah. right? So <laughs> I didn't have a crowd to warm up, so I was in the crowd. Now, when it went to air, we filmed about six days in a row, but it went to air over two weeks, 
And so we recorded like six episodes a day or something. So every time there was a crowd shot, there's me <laughs> at a kid's spelling bee oh, show no. by myself just clapping. Yeah. People are going, hang on a minute. Yeah. <laughs> that guy's been there every night. <laughs> that doesn't look good, does it? He either likes spelling or oh, kids. Yeah, yeah um, that doesn't look good. Uh, I'm on a watch list. No. Well, it's like that Seinfeld episode when Kramer needs the seat filler. He goes oh. into the crowd and ends up getting ushered up on the stage and he's <laughs> ended up with the Logie. So, <laughs> yeah. mate, you could have got away with it. Yeah, yeah. 100%. <laughs> I, um, just, this has snuck under my radar, uh, Andrew McCulloch. Next week you play the Cowboy. That's a massive game. It's Friday, but you get them after Origin, so that's probably a plus. And then the following Thursday, 16th of June, Wynn Stadium against the Bunnies. That may have great significance. Why? He's, he scratched his eye uncomfortable, isn't he? he was, why, yeah. why may that have significance? Uh, that might be 300, Joe. 300. Wow. Mate, as a kid, honestly, if you were told you'd play, which I reckon there's been about, well, there'd be more than 10,000 people who have played at least once. So you think about this, right, the journey. The many, many kids who want to play SG ball, then the many kids who want to go beyond that, and the many kids who want to play first grade. Out of all those who have attempted, there's only been about 10,000 who have played first grade in the last 120 years or thereabouts. And then you get to some who can play 50 and 100 and 200 and 250, and there's only about 40 in the history of the game who have played 300, which can happen for you in less than two weeks. <laughs> yeah, it's, um, yeah, crazy when you think of it like that. It's, I don't know, I've just enjoyed it, I think. Yeah, yeah I love playing, I love... I love training. I love being around the boys. I love a good time. So it all works out well. Pretty special, mate, isn't it? Yeah. Really, really proud. Obviously, there's been plenty of um, ups and downs, form slumps, injuries, cuts on the head, everything. It's it's never been easy or criticism. And yeah, but it's been a hell of a ride and plenty of fun. Does it feel like 300 games? Like, are you going, oh, yeah, that hip's a bit sore, that (laughs) that leg's a bit. Uh, (laughs) Some days, but yeah, when I guess when you're winning, it certainly takes a lot of pain out of it. But when you're doing a tough form, form slump or a few losses, makes it hard. But yeah. We'll see how we go and enjoy it. And I saw, you know, we just obviously had a bit of a chat before we came on air and it's origin time. And you know, these Queenslanders, yeah. they're like, you know, when you rub a dog in the right spot and their leg just gets going. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. That's him right now. Like, yeah. Well, you played last series. Yeah, just got caught in. We were talking about that before yeah. before the game, before coming in here, actually. Yeah, game two, actually. Yeah. yeah. So that was, yeah, it was only a week, mate. It was a bit different. Um, just pulling into that week. But yeah, just loved it. Wasn't expecting it. I was actually having a few beers when um, <laughs> when our football manager called to come in the next day. So, so, so was there anything in the media suggesting that you may be in the mix or was it a complete surprise? Complete surprise because I wasn't even at home. I was uh, at a barbecue having, having, having drinks and not even, you know, what, wasn't even thinking about it, just enjoying um, playing. I thought we had the buy of the week and then get the call to go down to the Gold Coast the following day. So, um Put the beer down and sort of went home and packed my gear. So we'll, keep, on the fa- we'll keep an eye on this phone ringing. Yeah, at home. yeah, yeah. Well, so, so you literally left the barbecue almost straight away. Yeah, like I had to. I'd, it was about nine or ten o'clock or something. I had a couple of missed calls and then um, didn't have a, one or two of them. So it might have been uh, Greeny, Paul Greens actually. So I didn't, a- I didn't answer it or didn't have it. <laughs> Brushed so, it. <laughs> and then Ben Harron from the St George rang me and said I was in the team and well, yeah. yeah, went home and packed the bag and. Went in with Benny Hunt the next day, yeah. So. Oh, Benny Hunt also went in late, did he? No, he wasn't. He was 18th. He was 18th. He didn't play in Townsville. And, yeah, yeah he played off the bench in, um, in game two and then put in that man, man of the match performance game three. So, wow. yeah. I, I love that idea of the – for a second when you said I was having a couple of beers, has, any, has that ever happened to any footy players where – because I've heard about it in cricket. Yeah. You know, There was a great story about Ed Cowan where he was – 
he'd just finished playing a game or something, or he was watching the, te- the test match or whatever, and he'd had three beers up in the members, and then someone's gone down injured on the field, and they were like, we don't have a yeah. uh, substitute fielder. And someone goes, oh, I saw Ed Cowan up in the grandstand, went and got him. All of a sudden, he's out the SCG. Wow. Had to field for four or five overs. But with footy, I suppose, these days, that probably doesn't happen anymore. But yeah. Uh, well, yeah, no, I didn't think anything of it. Obviously, I didn't know Harry Grant got injured, and, you know, Reed Marnie was playing some good footy as well, so... Um, I think yeah, he got injured as well. So it was a bit of a Steve Bradbury sort of moment, but you just run with it and enjoy it. So here's what it is. I'd love our listeners on the text line oh four five seven seven three six seven three six. Let us know some of the great uh, accidental heroes. I suppose. Remember when uh, Matic Valu he went up to his eighteenth man with the Roosters up to the Cowboys. Oh, yeah, four and tries or something. Five, five tries. tries. Brett That's Morris right, went yeah. down in the warm up. So right. accidental hero uh, Matic Avalu comes on five tries. It's incredible, sugar. Who's the guy that played in all those grand finals? That you, Chris Guider. Yeah, wow, incredible. So played in the like, third grade or yeah. whatever it was then, reserve grade, and yeah. then first grade for the Dragons. Eighty five. Wow. Nineteen eighty five. Uh, accidental heroes. Uh, let us know <laughs> on the text line. But looking ahead, so you got the Cowboys up there. You've got the Bunnies the following week. It's a massive fortnight for you, blokes, isn't it? Yeah, it certainly is. Um, obviously, the buy this week, but those two big games, you know. Cowboys have been tremendous this year and comes back to the defence. They've been just looking at like enjoying their footy, young squad, playing with plenty of energy. And, you know, uh, you know, Todd Payton's done a tremendous job to get that, you know, that club back up there after yeah. a few sort of slim years. And, you know, South have been a little bit up and down, but you can't count, count them out with the, you know, the quality players they got um, and probably missing a few at the moment as well. There's a player in your team, and, and see if you can guess him. I reckon he was brutally unlucky not to make the, the Queensland team. Who, who am I talking about? Anyone come to mind? Jaden Sewell, mate. Frankie Molo. Frank Molo, yeah, true, very true. Um, yeah, I was thinking, yeah, Frank's probably been unlucky. Well, Sewell's out injured, isn't yeah, he, at the injured. moment? I thought, yeah, I thought Frank, yeah, springs to mind. And uh, I think Fodder Waker as well is probably yeah. a bit. I haven't watched a real lot of the Titans, so it's hard to sort of judge that. But, yeah, he's been good for Queensland, I thought, previous years. But obviously wanted to go a different way. Probably didn't help club form as well, the whole club not travelling too well at the mm-hmm. Titans. Andrew McCulloch and Stevie Philp. Hi, boys. Josh Adokar and Matt Burton were the standouts. The Dogs just have to get the Desperado out of their game and play with confidence, says Rafa. Yeah, so Rafa's just uh, made himself way to the final, and he just thought he'd sneak in a bit of SEN. Uh, thank you very much, Rafa. And, and obviously a keen Bulldog supporter as well. Um, Jeez, he's up late. He's, he's up late. Well, wow. it's hard to sleep after a big victory, yeah, isn't fair it? fair enough. And these days they make him play till about four in the morning <laughs> yeah, anyway, that's don't right. they? <laughs> How ridiculous is that? Oh, but that Djokovic-Nadal semi, or what is it, even semi, was it? Just a fourth round or Quarter something? Quarter final. Quarter final. They didn't start till, what, 11? 30 yeah. or something? so they both didn't want the late game and <laughs> Roland Garros, the French Tennis Association are going, no, you will you will be playing the late game because <laughs> and, 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 money. and the early game. You yeah, get the early game too. Exactly. It's so, about four um, in the morning. Yes. Yeah. Yes. But three hours that game took against Verev and they didn't even finish two sets. Oh, Remarkable. Uh, God bless you. God, I, I hadn't even seen the race, Reptile. You are the – he's three from three, the Reptile. Is he? he is the chairman of Cooey Corner, and he, he said he got Niffler at $3.90. Thank you very much. No, thank you very much, uh, the Reptile. We do appreciate that. What's he on next? What are you on next? Uh, yeah, let us know, Reptile. <laughs> so, just yeah. battling punter over here, yeah, Reptile. <laughs> exactly right. one three hundred oh one eleven seventy is the way to have your say. So what happens now, um, Macca, with the Dragons? So you, you basically you have played half your games. You've played 12. Is there some kind of half-season review or resetting goals or are you on target where you need to be going? What's the plan? Yeah, I thought we fought ourselves back really well after, you know, probably rough sort of start you know we've probably run what five out of the last seven games as well and 
couple of those games that we did lose, Penrith being one that we thought we could have been one as Titans as well springs to mind. So, yeah, we're doing some really good things, I think, you know, just taking our time. It's a good time of year to have a break. I think a lot of boys were sort of starting to get that, you know, that flat line of, yeah. you know, 12 games, as you said. So, yeah, you can break it up into the next month where you, you do get another break with Rep Brown, but certainly looking forward to, you know, the Cowboys will sort of see where we're at against a team that's travelling really, really well. Cody Ramsey's come in and been like a bit of a breath of fresh air, hasn't he? But he doesn't look like Cody Ramsey to me anymore. Like, I remember Cody the short, Ramsey. The short hair might have thrown you off a bit. But yeah. Yeah. Is, it really, is it really the Cody Ramsey or have you guys just gotten a, real, oh, mate, a gun yeah, player he's, from somewhere? <laughs> he's just yeah, he's just full of um, beans. He's got a good nickname at the moment, but I don't know if oh. I can share that with you. Oh, really? Oh, nice. Oh, well, that's disappointing. Yes. <laughs> yes, uh, that is disappointing. Um, 1-300-0111. 70 is the way to have your say. The text line 0457736736. Now, I'd love your thoughts on this, uh, particularly you, Macca, in relation to this having uh, you've played grand finals, you've played in representative matches. So the NRL has updated um, reforms to the judiciary. The code has been revised to reduce the incidence of representative players being unavailable for home club duty following suspension. So basically they're going to slug them where, when and where they can with fines uh, proportion to what they're uh, match fee will be. That comes with representative matches and also when it relates to final series. The penalties applying to the National Rugby League Telstra Premiership have been revised to reduce instances where a player misses a final series match for a minor offence due to their record over the season. So a player who commits a third offence under the Judiciary Code in a final series match will be entitled to pay a fine in place of a suspension for most offences. Reckless high tackles or any grade um, will not be eligible for a fine, uh, any grade above that, and any subsequent offence in final series will attract the prescribed suspension. What do you make of all of that? Quite a digest what you just yeah. told me there, Joel. But um, you try and say it. Yeah, exactly. Um, I mate, wasn't listening. No. Yeah, it's a it's a hard one because obviously you want to stamp it all out. You want the best players playing in those big those big games. So it is. I can see what the NRL are trying to do to sort of limit, um, you know, the marquee players that come into big situations in those games. You want those guys out there. They draw the biggest crowds for the moment. It makes all the teams a lot stronger. Obviously, having those guys there. So yeah, it's a it's a hard one. But you can understand what they're trying to prove or actually implement it in the game. I like it, Philpy, because say a player comes out, Tarek, Tarek Sims in the origin? Yes. yes. Yes, Tarek Sims in the origin, right? So Tarek Sims goes there for the Blues and inadvertently cleans someone up. Now, already he's there risking injury and then for the Dragons to, to let him go. And if you were playing this week, Tarek Sims would not be available to you. And then for him to come back and miss the club game... I think it's spot on and well overdue what they've done. Yeah, in terms of suspensions, do you, are you all right with it as well? So they're going to be lenient, more yeah. lenient on them, are they? Oh, yeah, so, I am. Well, that, does that mean that it's going to revert back to the bit of the old days of origin where blokes are actually trying to go no, a bit harder? I, I, well, well Macca could answer that better than me. I, I don't think it would. I wouldn't think in, intentionally, blokes. Uh, you might have the odd, odd sort of bloke, but I think <laughs> overall, like, you don't really... Oh, I can't speak from experience trying to take someone's head off intentionally a lot yeah. of the times, but you can see maybe a couple of bigger blokes would want to do it, but overall I wouldn't think so. Particularly finals too. like So much to lose now. There's so much. That's right. You know, there's a lot of things that play, go on players' minds where they think of discipline, you know, any it changes momentum in games, all that sort of thing now where it's just the pace of the game and to be able to let up with a penalty or something silly like that sort of just, it's more of a hindrance on your own team than than trying to hurt the other bloke. Well, I agree with that. But particularly with finals, and, and each and every year we come into this scenario where there's a minor thing, there's a big-name player who could miss out. Look, you could miss six weeks throughout the year. It doesn't equate to a grand final. No, you're you right. Know, like, it just doesn't. 
Yeah, and look, the refs have been doing this in games. You know, the, when it gets real tight towards the end and they yeah. all of a sudden pop the whistle back in their pocket for a bit, they're yeah. just like, I'm not, I'm not doing anything here. Like, like I'm a field just gonna... goal, you just suddenly there's no one offside suddenly yeah. for the field goals. They just let them well, go because uh, it's a big call. Yes. Like you go... Do I take? Do I give it a penalty? Then everyone, then I'm under the spotlight for a cr- crucial call. But yes. yeah, it's kind of a, it's a hard one then. So Macca, just on that. So I've had this long-held theory about that since the captain's challenge come in, and are you able to do this? So pretty much every time you go for a field goal, someone's offside. Pretty much every time, right? Yeah. Because the desperation to defy the field goal. So Macca, if you've got a captain's challenge up your sleeve, right? And if or we go for a field goal, bang, and we clearly miss it. Can we challenge the decision, even though the whole world knows we clearly missed it, and say, oh. hang on, we reckon we kicked that. Can you please challenge it? Yeah. When they challenge it, the player is oh. clearly offside. Wow. Penalty from right in front, take the two. Is, can, is that yeah, well, viable? I think technically it probably is viable, but I don't know if it'll st- – I just don't know if they'll – like upstairs will have – the announcers, so to say, yeah, he's offside. You pick but they have to. They? Yeah, that's right. They'll have to do They'll it. They'll have to. But I'm just, yeah. I think, yeah. It's, are we actually in the Titans game that actually challenged the penalty, but it was for the touch of the ball. Someone threw him through oh, their yes, hand yeah. or going for the challenge of the touch of the ball. But so were they onside? Well, I didn't check that. So. Oh, right. I think you're on the so It's a question worth asking. Yeah, 100%. You know, and I have mentioned this on this show before, but the captain's challenge needs an overhaul in terms of the referees. I think if they're wrong, they should just give us a little sorry. Like, yeah. like I just feel it needs a bit of closure. <laughs> yeah. Especially, closure. Yeah, yeah, just, you know, another, it's like, hey, yeah. guys, quick one. Sorry about that. Another <laughs> rule. <laughs> My bad. Yeah. Another rule on that. No front row is actually telling the yeah, captain. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> so just on front the captain's challenge, wingers. you don't actually be, have to be the captain. Is that right? Well, you, you have players coming in from everywhere, and as the captain – which I've had to do last year when Benny was out, you get three or four blokes, you know, saying this and that, that you you sort of half believe them a lot of the time. So yeah. And you go up and see the replay and you think, why the hell did I even yes. – like you got, got it completely wrong. So you got to be careful and you, probably the first 10, 15, 20 minutes is, you know, you take your bad call if you do it to save it, especially in tight games. So – yeah, there's a couple of blokes that I'll, in our team that I wouldn't um, back. A <laughs> uh, uh, captain's licence. Yeah. In naming so, names here? We need, we need oh, a leaderboard Bird, for that, Bird. don't we? Jack Bird, Jack Bird, Jack Bird. We need a leaderboard, don't we, of failed captain's challenges? 100%. But sorry, Macca, just on this, though, if Zachy Lomax hypothetically went rogue and straight away said captain's challenge, does the referee take that on or do you need to confirm with the captain? No, you need to confirm with the so captain. It's a so genuine yeah, captain's challenge. You can't have blokes running in from left to right. Making their own calls. And he yeah. looking around, you've got to look for the captain. And But a lot of times you'll see three or four blokes around the captain telling him this. So he's sometimes... Josh Maguire. Do, do, I, believe there, my yeah. te- do I believe my teammates, which you know Ben's probably got a little yeah. less than the other day, about two minutes in to call a captain's challenge. <laughs> oh, that's so. right. You know, you were just having a whinge about Jack Burr, but I'd like to uh, put this to you, right? Um, t- two times this year, Josh Maguire's been in the Simbin. He's probably been in the Simbin more, to be fair. Yeah, yeah but definitely. both times that I've seen he's been in the Simbin, you guys have scored two tries while he's been in the Simbin. Is Hook looking at ways that they can get him into the Simbin? <laughs> well, he doesn't need much encouragement inco- yeah, yeah. to get back in the bin. I think, yeah, it's... Josh's uh, previous record speaks for itself. That he doesn't need much encouragement, probably. Moose is your nickname, isn't it? Moose, big show. Righto, show, boys. Show bags. you got the whole lot. Righto, boys. Moose set. Yeah. And, and he yeah. just literally sits down. Yeah. He just sits down. We go, righto, righto boys. Try time. Let's go. one three hundred oh one eleven seventy nine. Uh, sorry, eight six nines on the text. He says, hey, guys, Adam Ashley Cooper was having a beer and a pie in the stands about to watch the Wallabies. One player went.
went down and they got into play. Yeah, I remember that. Accidental hero. Yeah, wow. And he went all right from memory. Did he? Yeah, for a bloke with three names. Yeah, right. that's right. Yeah. That's three, right. Three first names. Three first names. <laughs> Incredible. That will do me. one three hundred oh one eleven seventy. This is Crunch Time. All thanks to Isuzu. Uh, the Isuzu D-Max, uh, of course. Okay, well, let's. Uh, <laughs> sorry, uh, that's okay, Seal. Six to go, play on. Uh, it is all, you can win the ultimate Blues Origin experience for you and three mates. Visit ignitehq.com.au. This is Crunch Time brought to you by Ignite HQ. I break it back with. Ah, yes, one three hundred oh one eleven seventy is the way to have your say. And we are uh, Crunch Time all thanks to Ignite HQ, where you can win the ultimate Blues Origin experience for you and three mates. Visit ignitehq.com. Dot au and you can call the program one three hundred oh one eleven seventy or text oh four five seven seven three six seven three six and for those who like to slide in of the DM variety you can tweet us at eleven seventy sen now boys I tell you what I found um, during the week Macca this is something you need to do um, there's a lot of rugby league players and and I retired the same way where I basically couldn't breathe anything through my nostrils how's your breathing going <laughs> as a look oh. yeah yeah so oh. no, that, that, so you've got to do the same so I had yeah, this it's thing just look just look you know, yours looks like, you know, when you come into the cross from the Harbour Tunnel yeah. and one lane shut? Yeah. That's yeah. his nostril. Yeah. That's it. Yeah. That, that, that's so going yeah, from... I will be getting a nose job when I'm done. <laughs> well, ha- well I, I got a, uh, what's called a deviated septum, yeah. right? And it is the most painful yeah. surgery. Have you had one, Philby? Yeah, yeah. Have a look. Have a look. Like my nose goes, it's my, I'm crooked footy. Yeah. I got whacked when I was young. But that septum thing, that's incredible. That's yeah. so bad. Yeah, so what? So a good test for people at home, and I, I'm actually speaking, a lot of our listeners would have played some form of rugby league perhaps or contact sport. So if you go to the chemist, it costs you about 10 bucks. you can buy these fest bottles, which you've probably never done, have you? No. no. So it's like, it's like this saline solution. So it's like you've dived into the ocean. And the whole idea is that you jam it up one nostril and it must come all the way out the other nostril for you to have perfect breathing or you jam it up the other one, come the other way. So for me, when I finished playing rugby league, zero would go to either side, right? And it's really bad for your health. So if you don't do something about that, it actually leads to depression and, and, and mental problems down the track. So I had the the, the deviated septum uh, thing and, mate, they pulled out the gauze after a week oh, and this air rushed to the back of my head, yeah. air that I had not felt for 12 years. It was the greatest experience I've ever had in my life. And now I breathe perfect, perfectly right. Yeah, okay. But because I've put on a bit of weight, and this is where I was getting to. Mate, I think you look good. No, no, no. <laughs> I've put on a bit of weight, but that's okay. Um, Courage sausages before. Oh, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. That's yeah. one of my healthier meals, yeah. Macca. Wow. But there's this app. I want to, and this is not an endorsed app, but I'm going to endorse it. Snorlab. Snorlab. Yeah. Right, Snorlab. You put it next to your bed and it tracks oh, your you night's little... sleep. Get your little snores and See, your little snore. chats to yourself in your sleep. Well, if you go and prove it. Pit yourself. I, well, I, I, I've, got to, I've got my wife to lay there. She'd let me know. Oh, <laughs> yeah, oh, that's true. Can... That's true. That's true. Yeah, that she would. Um, that's my app right there, I think. Does it catch you saying Where's anything the in your sleep, Sean? Yeah. Well, is it actually, sleep talking? Well, look, it... it tells you your rating. So I was a 71 oh, like and an 83. Apple, like an Apple Watch. Yeah. Yeah, right. But yeah. look at this. So how many hours did you sleep last night? Yeah, how'd you go? Jeez. Oh, is that you? <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's the worst part of it. Yeah. I hope so. So, Snorlab. Yeah. Go, go and check it out. And it gives you it gives you sleep a rating out of 100. I thought you yeah, had the right. Star Wars Chewbacca uh, sound yeah. effects on well, that. Well, that, that may be after a few quiet ones, of oh, course. Yeah, sure, 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 sure. So, honestly, give so it a crack. Ex- exercising, you feel you're breathing better then? Or is it just purely When, when I do start exercising, I'll yeah, let you know. Well, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, we've got Jeff Fennick speaking about exercise coming up. Uh, what a career the great Jeff Fennick had. He's going to join us. i tell you what, 
When you come in here, Philpy, you bring some big stars with you, don't you? Eh? I'm a bit of a name dropper, aren't I? Oh. I just, uh, you know, what about your mate who um, tubes and that? Can we get him back on? Mate, 100%. You know who we could talk to? Like our fake Anthony Mundine about the fight. We could do oh, that. Oh, yes, yeah. we can do that. Or Tony Abbott about the election. Yes, <laughs> yes, yes, we need to do that. Uh, okay, let's get to the break then. And the great Jeff Fennick is going to join us right after this. Certainly is. Crunch time brought to you by Ignite HQ, where you can win the ultimate Blues Origin experience for you and three mates. Visit ignitehq.com.au. You can call 1300 01 1170. That's the call line 0457 736 736. If you want to text for our next guest, who's an absolute gun, Australian Hall of Famer, that's for sure, tweet at 1170SEN is the way to do that. Well, we are very honoured, and you, the listener, also, to have this man in our company on a Saturday afternoon, the great Jeff Phoenix on the line. G'day, Jeff. Hey, guys. How are you? Mate, we're very close. One more sleep to this big fight, Cambosis and Haney. Uh, yeah. You looking forward to this? Yeah, it's going to be great. I can't wait. Mate, um, there's been a bit of um, – I've heard a little bit of negative press about Cambosis this week, um, and it's weird because obviously he's Australian, everyone's getting behind him, but are, are things starting to get to him a little bit down there, the pressure of this big fight, do you reckon? Yeah, look, I'm not sure if the pressure's getting to him, but, like, I mean, they're doing some strange things. I mean, you know, are you in fighting? You know, you know, like I said, for me, you fist is the tool. You don't win fights by staring – down at somebody, you, know, you don't win fights by calling people rats and other things. You win fights with your fists. So, you know, yeah, little, it's been a little funny for me. But like I said, um, you know, that's the way George you know, plays his cards. And, you know, if, if it brings him success, good luck to him, you know. Hey, Jeff, he failed initially to make weight. Now, is that an issue or really a non-event? How do you see that? Well, yeah, he's got, he's got, look, in this day and age, they've still got like 24, 26 hours to rehydrate. Look, but at least, listen, for me, it's... It's pretty unprofessional. I mean, you go and you check your weight on on, on the scales you're going to fight in. You don't check your weight in your room on, on, on scales. And, they, yeah, you go to the official scale because you've got hours to do that. And that's what you're supposed to do. And they didn't do that. And, um, you know, they, 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 look, they paid the penalty. They had to go through a few arguments and had to you know, lose a little bit of weight over uh, over an hour. So, you know, and they lose an hour of hydration. So, yeah, look, it's, um, it wasn't the best thing. But like I said, um, it's certainly not the worst because... Back in the day, we used to weigh in the same day and had to, you know, hydrate the same day. So look, um, yeah, I don't think it was the best thing, but it was, um, you know, I feel would would have made Devin Haney and his team feel better. Hey Jeff, Andrew McCulloch here, mate. Um, firstly, we were talking on the show previously about unlikely heroes, mate. What are the chances of you getting in the ring if one of these boys pull out? Exactly what you said. It's very unlikely. <laughs> <laughs> hey, My hero days are over. <laughs> oh, mate, you're a bloody hero, mate. Come on. Hey, uh, mate, what do you what do you make of Devon? I um haven't seen a lot of Devon, and I mean I have seen a lot of Devon of the meat, mate. I'm mad for the yeah. meat. But um, what's your thoughts on on Devon Haney? To be honest, I think he's a, an, an ultimate pro. He's got um, all the skills. He reminds me of a young Sugar Ray Leonard, which is a, a, a huge rap. Wow. And like Ray Leonard was so so great, but no, Devon's got a huge. You know, um, skill level. Um, yeah, he look t- tomorrow's fight's going to be be um, the, the victor will, will come from the guy who pushes the fight and who makes the opponent fight the fight they're good at. If George um, can control the pace and, and and the distance, I think George can win. But if he can't, which will be very hard to do against Devon, then um, I think that Devon will control the fight and, and then he will win if he if he if he takes control. Chatting with legendary boxer, absolute Hall of Famer Jeff Fenning, who won. 
Three world titles, uh, world titles in three different weight divisions, which is just unbelievable. Hey, Jeff, take us through your upbringing as to how you became a boxer, and was that always on the card? Did you fall into it? No, oh, yeah. Listen, I I've played rugby league all my life. Seventeen, still I was playing jersey flag, and I went to the youth club one day, and um, yeah, I, I didn't go there to, to box. I just went there for uh, some other other reasons, and uh, I end up walking past the boxing room. Meeting Johnny Lewis and um, Pat Jarvis and those people changed my life. Patty Jarvis. The great Pat Jarvis. Wow. Yeah, yeah. Mate, um, Australian boxing is flying at the moment. Um, we're seeing, you know, quality fights on Wednesday nights on uh, main event. There's been some amazing boxing. You and Ben Damon ringside a lot. Um, you, you're really seeing a real um, sweet spot in Australian boxing at the moment? Yeah, definitely so. We've got so many up-and-comers. Like, you know, we've got Brock Jarvis. We've got the Maloney brothers. We've got Tim Zhu. We've got his brother now who's... Yeah, we've got so many yeah, so many great prospects in the sport. And I'm going to listen to them. When there's a good fight on, it, you, you'll see, like, tomorrow, hey, 50,000 people, more, may, hopefully more, and, you know, the main event will be selling, you know, thousands. So when boxing's um, strong, it's, it's really, really strong. And at the moment, you know, the sport is, is really flourishing. Hey, Jeff, you are talking about earlier that, um, you know, you used to play a fair bit of rugby league growing up as a kid. What do you feel as uh, as now a boxer that the rugby league players are coming into bo- and doing boxing? You feel like it's it's good for sport, more eyeballs, or how do you sort of feel those guys coming in and trying to do boxing? Well, first of all, it's, it's your coordination and your feet are everything. So, you know, for me, um, your feet are the basis of everything. If you're going to be good at anything in, in 99% of sports, you need to have good balance and, and, and footwork, and, and boxing gives you that. It also gives you an amazing fitness level and, yeah, strength level and... Um, I think it's great, but again, it's, it's got to be um, done for the right reasons. Of course, they shouldn't be sparring; they should just be doing, you know, pad work and stuff like that. And uh, listen, all the all these things that that people incorporate into, into their training, it, 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 as long as they're done properly, it, it's great. And I, I look at a lot of people who are doing boxing training; they've got no idea. So yeah, they're just some of these guys are wasting their time punching the pads because they're, they're not being shown how to do it, not being shown how to use their weight or their body weight or or putting their feet in the right position. And unless you're doing that, it's really a waste of time. But look, if they're doing it properly, I think it's great. I think um, boxing training is great for all sports. Jeff, who out of the um, next crop of boxers is uh, your tip to be a world champion? Uh, well, of course, you know, I train Brock Jarvis, and I'm you know, praying and wishing that it'll be him. But look, I, 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 I think um, Tim Zhu's going to um, be very, very close very, very soon. And, um, you know, he's just... Been yeah, boxing so well, and his, his improvement's been great. So yeah, yeah, I think Tim Zhu and uh, Brock Jarvis, um, other guys that uh, will win world titles for Australia very soon. Hey Jeff, I know it's, it's a busy Saturday for you, and we're very grateful for your time here. Just before you go, uh, the Haney Cambosis fight. Uh, how do you think this finishes? Give us a, a round prediction, or perhaps a knockout. How do you see it playing out? Well, to be honest, uh, I believe that you know that the, uh, the both guys aren't renowned big punches, but there could be a knockout because of the speed and you know is, is a major factor. But look, I, I think that it's going to be a real tough tough fight for the first five or six rounds. And I don't know, I just kind of think that uh, Devin Haney's skill level and his boxing IQ is far superior to George's. And if George can't cut the ring off and, and put pressure on him and make um, Devin fight his fight, I think that um, Devin will be victorious um, on points. Will you be watching the State of Origin somewhere, Jeff? Of course I will. <laughs> what's, your, what's your tip there, mate? Uh, a great game. I look, um, you know, I was with Brad Fittler and them a week or so ago, on the, and we we're having a fundraiser for, for, um, for Royce Simmons. Oh, um, yes. You know, yes. So 
yeah, yeah, I'm, yeah. Look, I'm, I'm, I'm born in New South Wales. I had a lot to do with Queensland, so because I was, um, uh, you know, training and, and Dan Staines lived with me, so it was a, yeah, big thing for me. But look, I'm, I'm hoping New South Wales do great. I have the great benefit, some would say, some would say not, uh, working weekly with uh, the great Brian Fletcher. Any words you'd love to pass on to the great Brian Fletcher, Jeff Fennick? Uh, any words? <laughs> Keep up the good work. Ah, excellent, excellent. <laughs> I won't He's be playing genius. that to him. <laughs> He's a genius. He is a genius, oh, yes. mate. I'll definitely not be playing that to him. Uh, Jeff, we appreciate your time on this Saturday, mate. We really do. Thanks, guys. Thank you very much. There he is, the great Jeff Fennick, Hall of Famer, and uh, he has got his pride. And you know what? He, he's just telling the truth. He believes that uh, Devin Haney might be the one. Um, so there you go. And who's to question the great Jeff Fennick? one three hundred oh one eleven seventy is the way to have you say. Uh, Bobcat Ryan, not too far away, the great uh, Bobcat, who I believe that Bobcat may have uh, very first game as a captain won the premiership. Are you kidding? I think so. We'll confirm that. But anyway, uh, Tony Kemp's going to join us as well. He's calling all the action tonight with the Warriors taking on the Manly Seagulls. A break and back with more. Yeah, it certainly is. one uh, 1170 Now, we should share this because uh, he has currently got a perfect Uber rating, so to speak, when it comes to the tipping. Uh, that is the Reptile. Now, he is, and I hope he's actually wrong for this one, Reptile. Oh, I hate to say it because geez. I've already put McQuaddy on and I haven't got oh, your tip. Wow. Um, no so the Reptile, who is the chairman of Cooey Corner, has tipped Race 6 Flemington, which is basically due to jump. You've got a bit of time. Uh, Ruba, number eight Ruba. Uh, Ruba Jamaica. Uh, <laughs> yes, Ruba is that, that's the one that. you want to have there. <laughs> so uh one three hundred oh one eleven seventy at CLO, who's on the line? Bronco Willie. Bronco Willie, here he is. What's happening, Willie? From the heart of mountain country where the Brumley reigns supreme. <laughs> From the country capital there comes a rugby team. <laughs> we get spot here it's going as we stick it to the pole. And crush the opposition with the final telling blow. Stick to your guns, boys, play with pride. Hit it up the middle and spin the ball that wide. Oh. Go to Okay, hey, what's that um, little tune? Yeah, the Brums. Oh, the, oh, the Brums. Oh, so right. you're Bronco Willie and a Brumby Willie. Yeah, I just love horses. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no, no wonder none of us knew the song because no one watches rugby in here. Hey, hey, what about you'd love this horse in here, mate? The old horse, Andrew McCulloch, who's on the cusp of playing 300 games, Bronco Willie. Yeah, he's a Bronco legend. How are you, Mac? Are you well? Going good, mate. How are you? I'm happy and handsome. Yeah. It doesn't get any better than that. Uh, Very modest as well, Bronco. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, always humble down here in the nation's capital, boys. What, what do you know, Bronco? What do I know? Uh, a few shirts tonight, I reckon. Uh, out to GIO, watch the Brums win. Um, not even really a rugby fan, but I'll put on some moleskins, dry the bones. I am William, and we'll be loving it. Oh. Yeah. Hey, um, Bronco, can you confirm this? Remember we were in the middle of COVID, and the one place who had no COVID cases was Canberra. Yes. And I was thinking, you know what the deal is? I think COVID's come into Canberra, hit the roundabout, and just turned back around <laughs> again. Uh, can you confirm any of that? Uh, just no action down here. No one's getting any, and it's just... Yeah, it doesn't spread. What's your situation, Bronco? Are you tied up? You're married? Are you, are you available to our listeners? Um, I don't think I want to be available to any of your listeners. <laughs> <laughs> not even Starsky or... Uh, 
You've been down to Mooseheads lately, lately, Bronco? Down to Mooseheads, is that still a place? Yeah, the moose is still going. It did burn down in uh, 2002 or something, but no, it's back and going. Uh, Sharp participate in that, but <laughs> um, yeah. So what have you got for us? Any tips or something you're going to lighten us with uh, Bronco or you just ring up to sing? <laughs> I just usually ring up to sing, but yeah, um, yeah I don't know. Just want to hear another song? What do you, what do you request? Uh, I'm requesting that my horse wins this next race in the yeah. first leg of the quaddy. Uh, that's what I'm requesting. Uh, so you're tipping the Brumbies tonight, are you? Are you confident or are you just you're liking them? Mate, I know nothing about rugby. I'm just participating. But, um, yeah, I'll, I'll be out there. Yeah. But, well, yeah, I'll tip them. Yeah, righto. Tip yeah, them off. Via Fishwick on the way home, bro- <laughs> Bronco? Or? Fishwick, yeah. There'll be a few establishments there, yeah. <laughs> Few fireworks. Yeah, I'm about, about to get bombed out this horse called Acceleration, which I don't have in the court. He's about to blouse me, Bronco. So no singing for me. Uh, who comes over the top of them to bomb me out of the first leg of the Melbourne Quaddy? Damn it. Uh, anyway, Bronco, we've got to run, mate. We appreciate your time. And uh, you've got the two competition points sewn up this week, haven't you? Yeah. <laughs> which you're, you're, you don't like, do you? Do you? No, I do, mate. So I, you think we should get zero? Oh, yeah, I don't like the fact you're getting two points. I think it's the most ridiculous thing in the world. If we're going to give teams two points for not playing Bronco Willie, we may as well give every player three points in the Dally M's. That's what I think. <laughs> it is a frigging waste of time. Uh, Bronco Willie, we appreciate your time, mate. Yeah, thanks, boys. Do well. Go well, mate. There he is, uh, Bronco Willie's off to the Brumbies tonight. Now, Macca, just take us into the um, – it is origin period. Now, you uh, take the reins from probably the greatest we've ever seen, Cameron Smith. How was that? Uh, yeah, it was a shock because of, you know, the way he was playing and, you know, he probably could still play now even though he hadn't been playing NRL. He could jump back in yeah. there. But, uh, yeah, it was crazy because, you know, just his form, you know, there was no real spoke about that he was going to retire or anything like that weeks before. So it sort of, um, yeah, just happened pretty quickly. And another funny story, I was on my way to Bali for the bye week and um, Kevy Walters ringed me up to say that I've made the team. So I was already on my way to... Bali, but oh, right. uh, cancel that flight and go to a different direction. <laughs> so, what, if you wanted to go to Bali this week, would you be able to go? Like, is is well, I technically have you yeah. had the week off? No, well, we'll be trained Friday and Sunday, so oh, but back tomorrow. Then, um, but we've had since Monday off, so you, I guess you could have gone to Bali if you really yeah. wanted to. So, but yeah, that was that was a good call to get. A, um, yeah, just a dream come true, really. Can you? Um, so Monday through to Thursday, did you literally do nothing? Well, mum and dad were here. We got a good chance. To see, my parents hadn't seen much of the Shire and got down to the Berry, down yeah. in, past down Jerringong as, as well. So it was a nice day and good to have a few bottles of red with dad and, and oh, relax. Nice. Witness a Berry donut van. Yeah, yeah, I heard about that. I missed the Woods. Aaron Woods was actually telling me about it, the big fella. But um, <laughs> didn't get to have that, actually. I was a bit full from lunch and stuff like that. So it was... Uh, Good time, actually. Nice to relax and not do anything. I, I don't know if this was uh, Woodsy or not, and they should actually do this for your 300. I think it was Woodsy. Woodsy was playing a milestone at the Tigers. And it might have been Chris Hyington involved where he's run out, right, to celebrate this great milestone. And Chris Hyington's held everyone else back. So Woodsy's ran out there. And oh, for about three minutes, yes. he's the only one out there. <laughs> no one. So <laughs> dra- an awkward part of where, come yeah. on, boys. Come on, boys. Yeah. So, Dragons fans, here. if you're listening, the Dragons players, when Macca runs out for game 300, just give him a good five minutes by himself yeah. out there. <laughs> well, you end up getting booed, mate. Yeah. <laughs> uh, no, one oh, um, right. <laughs> Excuse me. Uh, I'll get back to that one in Reptile in a moment. Uh, so, uh, who are you tipping, Macca? I know you're a Queenslander, but what, what are you feeling? Where's this Queensland team at? Oh, I really do think... Um, 
you know, the way Billy was as a player, but just how professional and the way he delivers his speech. You know, Billy was already a coach when he was playing, so yeah. it'd be a good, easy transaction uh, transition for him, sorry, to, you know, to be a coach, in, especially in that arena where it's not the grind of week in, week out of, of NRL. He brings that... <laughs> That aura, he'll be bringing a simple game plan and it, it'll bring a lot of traits that's probably built it on at Melbourne, you know, those effort areas that he'd, he'd bring into the Queensland game. And well, He cried in that interview the other night. You've seen the, the interview with Yvonne Sanson. He cried about being a Queenslander, mate. Oh, they wow. win. They win. Like, I don't want them to win, but you can see it. Like Brad Fittler's, you know, a bit aloof and he's got no shoes yeah. on. He doesn't wear deodorant and the rest of it. But, like, Billy Slater cried about being a Queenslander. Wow. On TV. So you're, like, you're petrified about Queensland. Mate, he just, they're just different, aren't they? Yeah. They're built different. They, I think they care more about it yeah. than we do. I hope I'm wrong there. But I just feel like this is an ambush. I, I, think, I think we've lost the, a couple of the best players we had last year and the blokes we brought in, I'm not super confident in. Palin Ponga playing under Billy Slater scares me. Yeah. And, you know, there's always been that chat about Caelan Ponger. I'm a Knights fan, and teams have said, you know, if you, imagine Caelan Ponger if you played for Penrith or if he played for the Storm, right? Well, he's about to do that on Wednesday night. He's playing in with Munster, Harry Grant, wow. all these players. Yeah, it's going to be interesting to see how they, you know, the balance of the team. Obviously, Benny playing really well last year at Hooker and there. You know, Harry, the time he sort of plays there, does he play a bit of a lock role maybe, obviously, with... Ruben Cotter, not a technically a ball playing lock, so which is a big big type of player in the game. Now you see that a lot through a lot of teams. So it's going to interesting to see how Billy does that. And like anyone as a player, I think you know they'll make mistakes. Billy will look back and realize what he did wrong. You know, first time doing interchanges, there's a whole yeah. heap of different things that people don't realize going to a game. And you know, certainly the pressure, the intensity of Origin, what players may think they might get through and what they don't. Is there, you know, you're always the assistant coaches and whatnot in origin level. So you've had like Neil Henry and Michael Hagan have been behind the scenes in, in previous campaigns. Mm-hmm. Obviously, we've heard that Slater, Thurston and Smith are the three. But is there, uh, you got well, Josh Hennay's there. Josh okay. Hennay. So I dare yeah. say Josh will probably be there more of the technical side of, you know, computers, all that. You Those know, replacements. Sort of stats sort of thing that sort of probably does that. I, I'm not too sure how. You know, Cam or John, I go on the on the laptop doing that sort of. They might be alright, but I de- I do know for a fact that um, Josh is pretty handy behind the computer about organising that sort of thing. So I think the rest of them is you know aura, what it means, yeah, you know, all the rest of the sort of stuff that goes on top. Yeah, I'm looking forward to it. Oh, it's fascinating. Yeah. It's absolutely fascinating. Uh, we've got plenty more still to come here on Crunch Time. All thanks to Ignite HQ, where you can win the ultimate Blues Origin experience for you and three mates. Visit ignitehq.com. Dot au. What about just before we get to the break, uh, your mate, you mentioned Ben Hunt, leading the Dally M's. Do the boys get into him about that? And no, He's not. had some start to the season, hasn't he? He has. He has. And just full credit to him. He, you know, everyone you know, talks about how, how good he's going now, but lose fact of how much he's had to fight back through a lot of tough periods in, in his career. And to get to where this stage is, going home behind closed doors for the Dally M and leading that, you know, three or four years ago, you know, your own, your own fans and sponsors, you know, he's to be able to come bounce back right back from that, you know, and be the be the leader that he is, you know, the you know the then the halfback in a in a big club and to providing that sort of week in week out performance is is really good to see. And it's good to see him just smile and enjoying his footy, and you know, it, it just shows the ups and downs of rugby league. You hang in there sometimes, yeah. and you know, he's done that really well, and he's got his you know full credit to him. One of the uh, tough times he had clearly was that grand final. And and you know what? I, I don't blame him at all. Like, Macca, for me, it, it seems so bloody obvious, particularly when you've got someone like Kyle Felt who was sending up those giant balls. The pink boots of Darius Boyd are under the post where he's not going to kick or he hadn't kicked at all 
through that whole final series. So what, what, in my head, I'm thinking, why was Darius Boyd, who was your best catcher in the club, why was he not in that position where it was a very highly likely spot for the kick? Yeah, I'm not too sure. I still don't know why yeah, we don't well, have him there. I think hindsight's. I think uh, uh, I don't know. I yeah. think hindsight's easy now, but that I think, it, you know, two hundred times throughout the year, he's, he's probably caught two hundred of them. But, know, but he so. has. He probably has. But but at the same time, if my life's determined on you know somebody catching a bomb, Darius Boyd, and all, with all respects to Ben Hunt. Darius Boyd is the bloke in my head who had, and still to this day we see halves who. That's, yeah, that's the interesting part, isn't it? It's like the fullback should be the one catching the ball. Well, that's there, that's their the job. Yeah. That's, they're the ones who catch it more than anyone else. Yeah, they they do a lot of teams do send it across so their fullback is across there. Yeah. So they have changed it a little bit, but yeah, you look back and uh, you know, it's just hard to sort of you know that pinpoint you know why why he wasn't there or swapped over. But yeah, that's yeah, it's a hard one. Uh, the reptile he says uh, from Tin Cup he said ride it. Till she bucks or don't ride at all. Uh, that says the reptile. I don't even know what that means. No, neither do I. But anyway, uh, this is the run home. No, it's not the run home. Uh, what show are we on? Crunch time. Crunch time. All thanks to uh, Ignite HQ. We can win the ultimate blues origin experience. For you and three mates, visit ignitehq.com.au. Call 1300 01 1170 to have your say. Text line 0457 736 736. You can also tweet us. At 11.70 SEN, the great New Zealander, Tony Kemp's going to join us ahead of this big clash. Uh, the Warriors are under siege. Manly equally need a win, so it's going to be a big game tonight. Tony Kemp with the call. We'll catch up with him after this. Yeah, Tony Kemp from across the ditch about to join us. Uh, crunch time brought to you by Ignite HQ. Win the ultimate Blues origin experience for you and three mates. Visit ignitehq.com.au. And you can call any time you like. You set the agenda. one three hundred oh one eleven seventy is the way to do that. The text line 0457 736 736. That's 0457 736 736. And you can tweet us at 1170 SEN tonight. It is the Warriors taking on the Manly Seagulls. Four Pines Park, the venue. Looking forward to that. The Warriors are El Desperado. So too Manly. If they're thinking about top eight, they must find a way. No Tommy Turbo, no Daly Cherry Evans. So they are up against it. But many people expecting Manly to get the job done. If you're looking to hear the call on the SEN app, the team from SENZ, uh, Tony Kemp will be involved in that call. I'm pleased to say he's on the line. G'day, Tone. Hey, Joel. How are you, mate? We're going all right, uh, Tom. We've got uh, the great Andrew McCulloch alongside me and uh, Philpy as well, Stevie Philp. Uh, the Warriors taking on Manly tonight. What do you expect here? Oh, mate, what I would expect, I guess, hopefully a win. It's been so long since we've had a win. Um, I think, I, mate, we might have got one the last time I spoke to you about eight weeks ago. So <laughs> it's a... It's a, um, it's, a t- it's a tough one. Look, they're up against Manly. who haven't lost them, Brookie, uh, so far this year. They've got a couple of couple of ex-Warriors and Carl Lawton and, and Tor Sipley that would probably want to put on a show. And I think the move for Josh, Josh Schuster to go to 5-8 covers off Toby Shuri Evans while he's in um, an origin camp. And, and it, do, it just doesn't get any easier for the Warriors, mate. So, yeah, it'd be a tough one. You know, Stacey Jones came out this week and said, you know, we've got to stop making schoolboy errors. Well, they should have said that in, in round one. You know, they've been they've been doing the same thing week in, week out and halfway through the season. And um, I thought it was about a, a six-point swing last week against the Knights and they'd be fighting for the bottom of the table, I think, for the rest of the year as, a, as opposed to pushing for the eight. Mate, a few weeks ago, we saw Sean Johnson. It was close to the start of the year and he made that emotional speech after a game in an interview, and he looked like, wow, this is incredible. His passion for the Warriors. 
it was unrivaled. And he was almost in tears. And in the last few weeks, he just hasn't really seemed that interested. What, what's your thoughts on, on Sean Johnson at the moment? I've had a, I've had a uh, thought process about Sean for a while now, and I, I think he's gun shy. I think, I think his body, because he doesn't want to take a line on, and Andrew would know this. You need, you, you need your halves to go to the line, and really get across that advantage line. And, and Sean refuses to do that. Uh, and there's a stage last week where the ball popped out under the goalpost, and you know, a, a, a halfback with a a ton of energy and a, and a lot of guts would have just picked that up and, and pushed it over the try line and scored under the post. But he sort of curled up around it and got ragdolled. And um, I, I think the main thing for Sean, I, I don't see him seeing the year out. I think he'll actually hang his boots up before the year's out. It's, that's my honest opinion. Wow. Um, what's wrong with him is that he won't take the line on. And unless he takes the line on, the Warriors aren't going to be in any games. Can be Andrew Kelly here, mate. Speaking of taking the line on, you know, you're playing against Manly tonight. And Kieran Foran's made a career out of doing that, mate. Is there, what, are, what do the Warriors need to do to nullify, you know, Kieran's influence in the game today, obviously without Daly and um, Tommy Turbo at the back? Yeah, well, you know, they're, they're big, big losses, you know, Tommy and, and Daly Cherry Evans, but they've got a pretty big four-pack and a decent bench too, um, Manly. And if, if they don't stop to go forward and around the middle of the ruck, you know, we've... We don't have Fanua Blake in there. Um, Matt Lodge has decided to leave halfway through the year, and, and now we're filling gaps with a, a middle player playing in the number 10 jersey, and Jess Tavaga, that you know, has, a, has a heart of a line, but um, he's the last bloke that played above his weight like that. It was probably Tony Butterfield up in Newcastle, you know what I mean? So it's, uh, it's, it's a pretty... We're not, we're not big and aggressive and scary in the middle of the park, and... If they don't do that, then Kieran's going to have a field day because you're dead right about the way that he takes the ball to the line. He'll just bring bring those big guys onto the ball. Um, and, it, and it'll be a long night for the Warriors if they don't get that middle right. Tony Kemp, I um, am a fanboying out here a little bit, mate. Oh, I'm yeah. a massive Newcastle Knights fan. And, mate, I loved watching you <laughs> in, like, I was seeing 88 with Glenn Frendo. Let me just run you through some names. Should I go to the bathroom? Yeah, you, go, you guys, <laughs> both of you just disappear for a second. I want some quiet time with Tony. Um, George Mann, Adrian Shelford, Stevie Former, your Jeff Doyles, the great Darren Forward. Mate, they were the glory days, weren't they? Oh yeah, man. They were they were like oh, I often think about those days. You know, when I first went to Newcastle, I was only eighteen, and um, the first bike I ran into was Tony Butterfield with his with his seventy four pay window combi van, made a pub playing pool all night, um, and we slept and we slept inside it outside the pub um, way back in those, those days before shit. We decided we'd better get into the this game, you know, in the, in the ARL and. My good bunch of blokes back there. I've never played with a tougher set of blokes that came out of wheel, came out of out of grade to play first grade. And one thing that um, a lot of teams knew that year in '88 and '89 that when they came up the highway to, to come to the Newcastle, we probably weren't going to win the game, but they definitely got a hiding on the football field. This is how excited I was to talk to you. It says here on my piece of paper that you're doing the call tonight with Sam Hewitt, and all I saw was slamming Sam Stewart um, oh, yeah. in, in, in yeah. the place. And I had this vision of his socks down. I think yeah. you used to play with your socks down. Like, oh, mate, 
<laughs> this is a great day for me. Thank you. Calm down. Yeah. Calm down. <laughs> <laughs> I tell you what, Kemp, he's just why he, he consoles himself. Um, we used to we used to love as a young kids at school. We'd used to love um, uh, Graham Hughes. His commentary, right? We're a bit young for you, Macca. But there was a famous call he'd always go. He'd go, Hagen, McCormack, still a chance, Kemp. Ashley Gordon, unbelievable. Yeah. <laughs> do you remember that try down the left-hand side? Yeah, yeah, I, I do, mate. There's, um, and Flash, you know, Flash was the first person that signed for Newcastle. Yes. Oh, was he? Um, yeah. And then Mac, Mac came up after that grand final uh, from Canterbury and, and took the six years. We had some wonderful years there, um, just on that left edge with myself and Hags and, and Flash. So, um, the, the most, the famous one, and I, I don't know if I've got this one right, but that one was at Carlow Park when we beat Manly. It was Manly's homecoming. They had all the Kiwi boys, Daryl Williams, uh, Matthew Ridge, uh, the Iro brothers all playing in the Manly side. Lowry and, and Mark Graham were coaching them. And we came over here, and me and Sammy uh, Stewart and Johnny Schuster were in the, in the Newcastle side. We weren't, weren't meant to have a look in, and, and we got them in the last minute. So, um, yeah, mate, it's... Uh, Talking about that, you know, with Rebs, we talked about that on the radio this week with Rebs retiring. Oh, and yeah. Talked about all the great, all the great blokes. I remember they said, "Oh, well, who was who were some of the good, good um, commentators back in your day?" And I said, "Well, I remember Rebs Mossop. He used to give it to me <laughs> when I was coming around with Newcastle." Yes. I remember getting, I remember getting caught in the sevens. I, I, I made a break right off Bobby McCormack and, and made a break and made some speech to Parramatta that pulled me down by the twenty-five. I'd have, I'd have clear, clear. I was, he was only the fastest bloke in the comp. Shame, where it? And Rex Mossop said I'd be, yeah. And, and, and Rex Mossop said I'd be spending too much time at Henny Penny. Ah, jeez, <laughs> I could go to Henny Penny right now. You couldn't so. say that these days, could you? Yeah. You couldn't say that these days. <laughs> uh, let's back on the Warriors. Um, what are you actually expecting tonight, Tony Kemp? Are you giving them some chance, or you think uh, their season's cooked? Uh, well, you know, the, the time you do back the Warriors is when everyone isn't back. Yeah. You know, that's that's always the way they, they roll. And I've been saying it all week on, on Sims, you know, we've been following the book and, and seeing where the money's going. And I kept saying to the boys, well, if you're going to back them, this is when you're back and you're back them when the chips are all on the other side, then, then no one's been worrying about them and then they'll come out and play. So... Look, I don't think they're. I don't think they're an eight contender. I don't think um, their spine is good enough to get them into the eight this year. Um, but uh, you know, they will. They will steal a couple of wins. There are people in New Zealand, so they're not going to win another game this season. But um, I, I best think they're a chance tonight. Um, all the stats are against them. You know, mainly, and you know, they haven't lost a bookie this year. They're coming off the back of a few losses themselves. And it seems to be the way the Warriors, when they're coming up, you know, mm. off their losses, they're coming off a team that's just been going as bad as them and, they, and it's just as desperate for a win. So, um, yeah, my heart's with the Warriors, but my head's saying Manly, Manly will probably just be too good for them tonight. Uh, there you go. Well, uh, you got the call tonight. Just before you go, uh, Tone, uh, the Matt Lodge situation, is that all done and dusted now? Or we're still hearing a bit of noise over there in New Zealand? Well, yeah, yeah, you are, you are hearing rumblings just in around the, the way that it was done and the alpha male comment. You know, like I, I said, you know, there's no such thing as an alpha male when you're when you're talking when the footballer's talking about having a scrap with an owner in a pub. Like mm. he just wouldn't touch a footballer. He's too fit. He's too like Matt Lodge is a dinosaur. You know what I mean? It would have been a, a pretty scary thing if he went loose at a, at a pub with the owner. So oh. it was just the way it was just the way it was said and. You know, the public over here, uh, you know, die-hard warriors, faithful people. And 
it's just sort of put a little bit of a dent in everyone's, um, I guess, homecoming on July the 3rd when they play West Tigers. And, and I just, you know, for the, for the sake of the homecoming, I hope they do get a win before they come back. Um, but, yeah, he, mate, he's moved on. I'm, like, I'm, I'm just a realist. Like, he, he's gone. Let's just get on with it. Yeah. And um, hopefully get a, get a win tonight, start with a win tonight. Uh, well said, and you can get the call if you're here in Australia or anywhere in the world for that matter uh, via the SEN app, uh, SENZ with the call. Uh, uh, Tony Kep, of course, uh, looking forward to that. Mate, we appreciate your time on this Saturday. We really do. And have a great call tonight. Any time, Joel. There he is, uh, Tony Kemp. Always great to chat. Very insightful. Uh, very, very smart when it comes to this great game of rugby league. one three hundred oh one eleven seventy. On the other side of this, Bobcat Ryan's going to join us. Looking forward to that, the Premiership winning captain. Yeah, it certainly is. Stevie Philp, Andrew McCulloch, I'm Joel Kane. Crunch time brought to you by Ignite HQ, where you can win the ultimate blues origin experience for you and three mates. Visit ignitehq.com.au. To get involved in the show, one three hundred oh one eleven seventy. Text 0457 736 And you can tweet at 1170. Now, what about the resume of our next guest? Uh, 291 NRL appearances, almost 70 tries. 19 NRL finals, 12 state of origins for the Mighty Blues and 11 times representing test matches for Australia. And to cap all that off, a premiership winning captain and one of the favourites, uh, the great Bobcat Ryan. Andrew Ryan's on the line. G'day, Bobby. G'day, boys. How are we? Mate, uh, well, how are you? More important, last time I saw you, which was about 12 months ago, I reckon, you were striking fit. You were playing a bit of touch football. Have you kept it all up? Mate, oh, I'm keeping the wolves at bay, Joel, yeah. at the moment. Um, They're fam my house. Yeah, <laughs> trying to uh, yeah. trying to tick it over, but um, no, no, I'm getting a bit done, mate. I've got I'm chasing four kids around. You know, you've got a big family as well, so I've been a junior footy all day today and doing a little bit of coaching too. So I'm on deck tomorrow, but I'll um, I'll get my little routine done in the morning and get down there. Mate, you recently just re-signed as coach of the New... Uh, I'll say the Newcastle Knights, the, yeah. the mighty South Newcastle Lions. Um, so clearly you must be doing a bit of fitness with the team or is it just all ball work? No, mate. <laughs> I don't do any... Yeah, I don't jump in too often. The old frame's a bit ordinary these days. But, yeah, mate, um, it's a great club there. My, my boys play... Oh, all my kids play juniors now. My two daughters and two boys there and... Um, yeah, been involved for a fair while and sort of coaching the first grade side along with my brother and Daniel Fitzhenry's coaching the reserve grade and helping out first grade too. So we've got a good gang there and um, a, a good bunch of of players and, and support staff around too. So um, Mate, yeah, the local it's a good league, place to be. The local league's thriving. You've got Frank Paul Nuasala in your team too, don't you? Yeah, big Frankie, mate. He's, he's fighting in and, um, and, and a good crew there as well. So, um, yeah, no, enjoying it, mate. Enjoying it. In that lifestyle with those boys down there. Hey, Bobby, you've got ambitions to coach uh, NRL. Is that sort of on the radar? Oh, no, mate. I always thought um, towards the end of my playing, I always thought I'd sort of love to to coach and be around. I'm fortunate. I'm, I'm lucky enough. I'm doing the New South Wales Under-19s team this year. Um, but yeah, mate, I just see the. I, I was full time at the Knights last year. I ended up coaching the New South Wales Cup. But um, yeah, look, I've got a, a still a pretty young family and. Um, enjoying enjoying the time with them and coaching two of the boys' teams as well. So I love doing that. But yeah, I just see um, how you know how much work they put in and, and the impact it has. So the answer would be no. I don't think so. Bobcat, I uh, pestered you um, recently in regards to the mighty Newcastle Knights, and I was driving home listening to Sats and Badge 
on uh, on their show. And recently, Newcastle were attempting to sign Canberra forward Adam Elliott. Um, he was undecided. I think he said it in the interview. He said he hadn't really decided yet. Um, then I heard him say when questioned by, I think, Gary Belcher, um, mate, who was your childhood hero? Yeah. And he said, the great Bobcat Ryan. And this alarm bell just rang in my yeah. head and said, <laughs> Philpy, you need to ring Bobcat right now and get him to get Adam Elliott to Newcastle. A couple of days later, Adam Elliott signs. Now, Bobcat, did you call him? No, mate. No, oh. I wouldn't do that to the. I wouldn't do that, and I definitely can't claim that. I think he had. I think he had a couple other reasons to um, get up this way as well. But um, yeah, no. I uh, he's a he's a champion seller and um, and a very good player. So he's a, he's a pretty good addition to the Newcastle Knights. I remember meeting him when he was a young fella in Tarfer. Actually, and he was, he was a mad Bulldogs fan and um, just a good good kid and and obviously gone on to be a very good player as well. We're chatting with the great Andrew Ryan. What, what a decorated career. Now, Bobby, I've brought up the 2004 season, round one through to the grand final, and not once is the captain of the team, Andrew Ryan, until the 3rd of October, 7pm on a Sunday night. Uh, it happens to be the first Sunday in October. It's grand final night. You win the premiership, 16 points to 13. The great late folksy. Uh, he was the coach of the team. Um, how did that all play out for you, mate? Mate, it was quite bizarre, to be honest, and, and um, a little bit of a story. He grabbed me on the Wednesday, sort of heading into, and as I said, I'd never been captain. Uh, he actually grabbed me and said, look, Price, he's going to be out. Um, and out of the clear blue sky, he just said to me, oh, how would you feel about being captain wow. this week? Um, and I did say nearly fell over um, for a few reasons, because the last time I'd actually been captain was in St. John's Open's high school team, and in the three games under my leadership, we got pumped 42 to 4, 36 6, and 28 8 or wow. something. So here I am sitting there going, far out. I guess he doesn't know my uh, stats heading into this game. Um, and, mate, when we were down, I was, uh, yeah, I was a bit nervous as well. But, yeah, look, I, I was in shock, to be honest, you know, to, you know, I just tossed the coin and ran out that day. Um, but the, the team we had, you know, and disappointing that Pricey sort of couldn't lead us out. He was moving on to the Warriors the next year. and um, but, yeah, I, I, I did set pinch myself every single day that I got to play one NRL game and then to, you know, have that honour to lead a team out on Grand Final Day. Like, it, it still actually blows me away, to be honest. i tell you what, I don't know what Bioshock is, but uh, this Bioshock game, whatever it is, has hijacked you because I just tried to Google <laughs> Andrew Ryan and this stupid Bioshock <laughs> character, Andrew Ryan, bobs up. Wow. I was looking for a premiership uh, lifting trophy from the man Bobcat. Yeah. Anyway, Macca? Uh, Bobcat, Andrew Culley here, mate. You spoke about, you know, the Bulldogs in winning that, uh, obviously, that premiership with them. Looking at the current sort of team at the moment and the tough sort of struggles over the last few years, mate, has the club reached out to you any way possible, obviously, for ambassador roles or try to bring back a lot of those old boys to to let them know what the club meant to them and obviously during those really good times that you had there? Yeah, look, Bagger, it's um, the Dean Pay actually, when he coached, he, he was trying to do quite a fair bit of that. And um, unfortunately, I sort of got to know Baz a little bit too. I didn't get down there too much, Um in the last little bit, um, yeah, it's something that, you know, a lot of us have said that we would love to be involved in, in a capacity as well, whatever that be, just being around a little bit more, I suppose, too. But, um, yeah, look, it has been a slog um, for, for the guys. You know, they, they keep fronting up at the moment and there's just been so much change over the last four or five years. You know, Desi took over heading into the 2012 season and, you know, they made some 
grand finals and stuff, but the last five years there's just been so much change. So it would be really good to get some consistency in there. And, um, you know, and I think from, from a club perspective, I, I think they're always trying to get a lot of those the people involved for sure. So there, there's certainly some passionate former players out there that, you know, they would certainly jump at it if they... And if they could help in any any sort of capacity. And, you know, playing there the other week at Belmore, I think that's something the NRL need to look at, obviously, in regards to the amount of people that turned up, how passionate they are within that, you know, that community. It's, you know, I think the Bulldogs, if they're able to do that, more consistency and, you know, not play at those bigger grounds, you know, where the crowd's obviously not as enthralled in it like they are at Canterbury, is it something that you think they need to bring back just to sort of get that, that aura about the place and to get other play, players to want to go and play there? Yeah, look, I think um, I totally agree with you. You know, I don't think you could sustain playing every single NRL game there. Um, but but I reckon if you could have, you know, three or four games or, you know, or even even a couple to start with, but get to sort of three or four games in a year back there, yeah, like you said, the community, they just... Mate, it was nuts. Uh, yeah, I'd never played there, sorry. So yeah, it was crazy. Really? They were just, you know, it's 13 or 15,000. It felt like 30 or 40, and you just don't realise till you get a chance to play at Belmore and what the people... It means to the people in that area would only you know help the players want to go there. Awesome. Yeah. yeah, big time. So I would certainly, yeah, I'd certainly be a, a massive fan of if they could they pump it up and play a few more games there. Definitely, Bobby. I know you'll be a supporter of of whoever the Blues pick, but is there a player you thought that oh you know if I was picking the team I would have had him in? Um, I, not necessarily. Like I thought, um, yeah. Obviously, you know, everyone's been sort of speaking about. Um, Josh Addo Carr, like I, I um, yeah, I, I was a little bit surprised when when he missed out. Um, but you know, there's uh, and, and probably I suppose Jake Trebojevic. Um, and the challenge is, you know, you got from from Jake Trebojevic's point of view, you look at you know Isaiah Yo's going to and that, like just another level this year, and he's footy. You know, there's guys obviously like Cam Murray around as well, so. There's just so many, you know, so many quality players in that position as well. So, um, yeah, but like I've, uh, you know, I think they've picked a, a really good squad. But um, yeah, those, those couple of guys would probably feel a bit unlucky not to be involved. Bobcat, back on the Knights quickly. Overnight, there was a development where um, Pathways um, administrator and former Titans uh, coach Garth Brennan has quit the club mid-season after having a bit of a disagreement with uh, the CEO in terms of. Um, the, the, what I read was that uh, Gardner wanted the club to concentrate on six or seven juniors only, um, whereas Garth Brennan had other ideas. You, you know anything about that? You coach a local team. What's the junior system like in Newcastle at the moment? Mate, I don't know uh, the ins and the outs of all that. I sort of read it in the news as well myself. But, um, yeah, look, oh, I think there's there's truckloads of juniors coming through. I sort of get the, I get the feel that, in the next four or five years. And I guess it's probably just for me, you know, my, the, the kids I see around at, at the junior clubs and sort of ones I, you know, I was lucky enough to work with some of those pathways kids. I think there is quite a few in the next five or six years that are on the cusp of playing NRL and, and that hopefully, you know, fight their way in. But, but I do, maybe it's just because I'm around here all the time. I, I do feel like there's the junior base is huge as well. The numbers seem to be growing at a rapid rate and, and it feels like there's plenty of quality here as well. That Newcastle Jersey flag team is flying. You know, they're one of the only teams to beat the Panthers. Um, they put a 70 or 80 points on a dra- sorry, uh, Macca, on a Dragons team a um, couple of weeks ago. And you've got someone like Fletcher Sharp who looks an out-and-out superstar playing fullback. Um, do you know much about him? 
Yeah, I do actually. I've, I've watched sort of Fletcher come through the last couple of years, and yeah, he he's uh, he's a, he is a superstar. He's, uh, he's super talented. But yeah, I, I agree. I think that 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 side you just mentioned, um, you know, right across the park, they've they've got some real good players. So you know, from a, a Knights perspective, you know, obviously it'd be ideal for them to sort of invest in those that crew and sort of keep them around for and like I said the next four or five years hopefully they can turn into being NRL players or, or there or thereabouts Flash scores around the grounds Townsend Oval oh here they come Souser on the attack Reeve Howard's made a break they've got 20 metres to go Holland makes a grassing tackle on Reeve Howard Coach Ryan's up and about Harrison Van Dardle goes to dummy half long pass to Flanagan here's a chance Angus Ernst on the best but Mitchell Black he dives over and South get another victory Coach Ryan is up and about the Bobcat they go back to back after a famous wing against the Rosellas and Ryan's got them on their way to a premiership oh yeah Yes. Thoughts, <laughs> mate. Even, oh, outstanding. Even even my squinty eyes would be just lifting over that. That was, that was super, mate. Uh, I'm sure there was a Brendan Simpson offload to Jack Welsh as well, and Carlin Pettit, uh, Jack Cameron, Ryan Power, etc. But there you go, uh, Bobby. Good luck on the weekend, mate. Give us a score for the state of origin. Uh, a score. I'm predicting a tight one. I'm going to run with. Um, 42 to 4 to New South Wales. <laughs> 42 to 4 for New South Wales. No, no, I'm going no, I'll go with uh, I'll go 22 18 to New South Wales, mate. Excellent. And if you're up around the Newcastle area at 3 p.m., it's the Scorpions taking on the Newcastle Lions, mate. South Newcastle Lions, that is. Bobcat, great to take us down to memory lane and uh, you're just a fine human doing wonderful things for the game and great to have you here on Crunch Time on this Saturday. Thanks for having me. Appreciate your time, boys. All the best. Yeah, there he is. Uh, the it's one of the great stories, isn't it? His first oh, game of the first mate. time ever uh, being a captain in any grade, yeah. other, other than being back at Dubbo. And I think he he's wins made the up for those losses that he said he had earlier. Oh. Yeah. Yeah. He's definitely made up for it. Do you reckon definitely. he told anyone about like? So he's just told. <laughs> no, he's told no one. No. So no. He, the the coach has gone, mate. Do you want to be captain? And yeah. he would have thought he would have gone. Well, actually, look, I haven't got a great record as captain, but he didn't. He shut up. Yeah. <laughs> and he beat the record. Oh, so. outstanding. Outstanding. Uh, what a great career. The great Bobcat Ryan. And, of course, uh, saved the Bulldogs in that grand final as uh, it was uh, Michael Crocker, Michael Crocker. Oh, yep. who yeah. snuck away. Michael, yeah. he snuck away and he made the tackle. And the rest is history. 16 points to 13. Canterbury prevailing in 2004. A break and back with more. This is Crunch Time. Andrew McCulloch, Stevie Philpo, I'm Joel Kane. Back with more after this. Uh, yes, time to gear up for this afternoon's footy. Thanks to Dometic, uh, where you can go on your next adventure, Dometic.com. Now, we have a listener uh, down the Cronulla region way, uh, Carrying Bar more specifically, and he's just sent a note for you, Andrew McCulloch. Um, namaste. <laughs> Who's that? Uh, Jimmy Smith. How are you, mate? So uh, what, what, what does that mean, namaste? Well, I'm, I'm there in the Bikram room getting ready, and next minute Jimmy's turned around in front of me. So I've had to look at um, Jimmy's backside for an hour. Yeah, he goes quite good, good, doesn't he? He does, actually. Yeah, I was quite surprised he was doing a lot better than I was. So His backside goes good, is that what yeah. you mean? Well, so, so he... he, he, he he's been um, years. He, he's very flexible. He's yeah. done it for 20 years, as you said. <laughs> but they do this thing called the Harbour Bridge, right? Yeah, right. Where you lean right back over yeah, and you yeah. arch back over. Yeah. And I did it. And the lady came over to me. She said, darling, it's the Harbour Bridge, not the Eiffel Tower. Because oh, I couldn't yeah. lean back. That's yeah, about yeah. as far. Well, I was probably more like the Leaning Tower of Pisa. But... Well, yeah, I'm more Spit Bridge. Uh, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I'm yeah. up in the middle. Of yeah. Yeah. Spit Bridge. Yeah. Uh, boys, we are gearing up this afternoon. And as we mentioned tonight, the call, you can get via the SEN app. Uh, Kempi and the team, Sammy Hewitt, are on the SEN app. Seagulls take on the Warriors. Now, you've played the Warriors twice, Macca. Uh, yet to play the Seagulls. But what's your gut feel on this particular game? 
Oh, mate, that's a tough one. Um, yeah, I just think, yeah, I think the Seagulls are so, you know, current form. I think they have been a bit unlucky in their losses that they've had recently. And, yeah, I just think they've, you know, obviously with Jake still there, not within origin, you know, they've got Schuster coming back, Kieran's still there. So they've got a nucleus of good, really good solid players there that can keep their team going well. And, yeah, you just feel for the Warriors at the moment. Obviously, a lot of um, disruption, key players in and out for whatever particular reason. And, yeah, it's been hard for them being away from home for so long and looking forward to getting – they'd be getting home to get them back. So, yeah, it's a tough one, but I think the Eagles – a close one. What a call from um, Tony Kemp earlier. That yeah. He said that Sean Johnson won't see the season out. I know. Like, that blew me away. Like – so yep. is that a rumor you just throw out there and see if that catches fire? Or yeah, like, no, I, I reckon I'm, I'm not a journo, but I asked that question. I <laughs> yeah. feel like I've, I think I'm under something here. Like, yeah. That was huge, wasn't it? Like, yeah, it's, it's so hard. Like, and, and so you guys are seeing it from completely different sides. You, you would have empathy for Sean Johnson. Well, I, I just feel like it's, it, it's easy to presume that or assume that if a player's going to retire for whatever reason, it, it's easy to make those assumptions, especially when your team's travelling bad and – you got to feel for him too. I guess you understand where Kempi's coming from about him not taking the line on, but you got to realise too he's missing some key big forwards in the middle there with plenty of injuries. So, you know, he's probably doing it. He's you know, in and out with his halves partners. He had a couple of injuries himself. You know, Wade Egan's been out as well. You know, while she's had his little moments as well, being a young player coming into the game. So there is a lot of pressure on him and in that particular position, you're either, you're either going really, really good or you're playing really bad. So it's a tough one for... For Sean, no doubt, but the only way you can get back is winning football games. In your years uh, playing rugby league, and as I said, you're, you're two weeks potentially away from all going well for playing game 300. Has the role of dummy half changed much? Yeah, I think so. I think obviously a lot of more jumping and, and running out. And, you know, you know Corky's done that really well from – he probably started in a sense of that type of play. And I think the rules obviously played into his hands really well, obviously, with the six again last year. You know, they, everyone's just – looking for that moment where it is just a one marker to give themselves an opportunity to get out, create a bit of space. So everyone's defends so well if you're just playing ball shape all the time. So that's something that's um, changed a lot from in the game and it's worked to guys, some of the guys' strengths. So when we watch a game and we just generally watch it, you know, you might be having a few quiet ones. When you're watching a game, can you not help but watch the dummy halves and how they go about their business? Yeah, I guess so, but... You also got to think what strengths work for me. I, I, I know I cannot do what Damien does or a couple of those guys. I just genetically can't do that. So I've got to play to my strengths and what works for me. So certain things that I think I do really well, I could continue to do really well, whereas I look at another player that I think I can grab certain aspects of their game, I can do that. But, you know, athletically-wise, I just know I can't do that. But um, you work to your strengths and, and that's the way it should be. Who's the number one dummy half in your eyes this year so far? But, and I ask this, it's a bit of a loaded question. Like, I, it's very hard to see anyone playing much better than Appy at the moment, isn't well, it? Well, I was going to say Appy. I think he's been really underrated, I think, and hence goes back to having two quality halves as well. He's got a front row pack going really yeah. well. You know, it, it all sits really well for him, but he's a probably goes a bit under, doesn't get the recognition because of that. Uh, but, yeah, he's been doing that for a while. I think it's, it's, it's something that's probably not been brought up as much as probably what it should in that team that – you know, he, he, he's, he's won plenty of comps, you know, South as well. He's been there and done that. And, you know, it's another challenge for him next year going to a West Tigers who aren't obviously going as strong as the Penrith. So we'll sort of see where, you know, if Appy can get those guys up there and certainly from a successful team that he's been in for so long. You feel the Tigers, 
um, knowing that you've got Appy next year, probably the best hooker in the game. You you got Papa Leahy going oh, massive. there. massive. And you've got Payne Haas in and out of whether he wants to leave. And you've got Luke Brooks, who's going, what, to a million dollars next year, apparently. Yeah. Isn't there a correlation of going, can we have Haas, Papa Leahy and Appy in the same pack as, and then Hastings pushing him around the field? Like, is that a no-brainer? Or? Well, yeah. I mean, well, he's, the Broncos are saying they won't let him go. He's contracted to the end of next year. Mm. And now that he's come out and said, no, no, I've... I've I've taken that back. So that's uh, a great buy for the Tigers. I think that 100%. should be well done. They've gone out and got a premiership winning player in a key position. Yeah. You know, he's, he knows what success looks like, which yeah. Tigers, you haven't seen a real lot of recent times. So I think, you know, whoever's gone after that and done what they had to do and to get Appy's done really well. On that note, Penrith lose Appy next year. And I know they've got a couple of, they're going to have someone come in. But Mitch Kenny's here. Yeah, it's not Appy though, is no, it? It's and not. they lose their best player, probably arguably at the moment, in um, kickout. Well, that, right? Well, that's the thing. The premiership winning teams, you, you can't you can't keep everyone for that you long. Can't. So you got they like people speak about you know windows of opportunities and you know Penrith are nailing theirs at the moment. Certainly on a good path this year as well. But they've got their core strength of blokes that they've had for a while. No injuries. So yeah. Mm. Well, you let uh, a Burton go, and then you just bring through a Tago, <laughs> you know, and you Taylor got May. A, a Taylor May, and I mean. There's a and young that's hooker. Just, that's a good sign of a good club. They they realise that that comes through and the next bloke sort of comes in underneath and they're able to do that with juniors and to let those guys go because they know they don't, I guess, have the money to be able to fork out the same amount of money. So they get the young kid come in and, you know, groom him in as well. And the great system too, Philpy. all of a sudden there will be nibbles now for Kurt Falls who got the audition the other yeah. night. There'll be nibbles for Sean O'Sullivan. Oh. Uh, word he may be going to the Dolphins and yeah. there, there'll be nibbles for, you know, Chris Smith if he doesn't stay at Penrith. So all these guys get this opportunity. Hopgood's already been snapped up. Yeah, Parramatta. Yeah, so uh, you know what I'd love to see this weekend? It feels silly that we're waiting around till 7.30 to watch one game of football on what traditionally is a super Saturday oh, yeah, where there's 100 agree. games. Wouldn't it be great to have a look at New South Wales Cup? Right now? Well, I reckon he'd be pretty content that there's no football on this Saturday, <laughs> wouldn't you? You'd be, you'd be pretty content having the, having the Marcus buy. But um, but you're right. There's got to be oh, more content, doesn't there? Mate, like, you know, my daughter, who's 10, she played footy today. And as soon as we got home, she said, Dad, is there any footy on the telly? Like, right then. She wanted to watch the footy straight yeah. away. And I said, oh, there's no game till 7.30. And the look on her face was like, what? Like, Which she may be asleep by then. Well, I yeah. thought there would have been an opportunity, you know, you talk about the women coming in later. Well, Maybe roughly now, I think, you know, that could have been a bit of an idea to keep yeah. the women's yeah. competition going. They've had a couple of weeks off. Do they you know, do they need that much time off? I'm not, I don't know. Well, you know what they could do? <laughs> they, they, even if you wanted to start the competition late, yeah. what you could do over this period is have the old Challenge Cup. Oh, so get, get, get eight teams. Yeah. All of them play on, on, on Saturday and Sunday, perhaps. Then you've got the semi-finals the next week, and then you've got a grand final. That's a bit of content over the state of origin period. One hundred percent. Like it just felt like last night felt like there was no like I knew it was the first game or whatever, and and it was just felt like that this weekend needs something. The buy round needs more. It it just can't be a one game on a Saturday, one game on a Sunday. Like yeah. it's not enough. Tend to agree. Make your next adventure effortless with the Dometic Go Collection. Just pack, stack, and go. That's us gearing up for today's football. All thanks to Dometic. Next adventure, Dometic.com. Back after this, plenty more still to come. This is Crunch Time. All thanks to Ignite HQ. We're breaking back with more. Yeah, don't forget Crunch Time back on tomorrow. Uh, it's on Sunday all year and Saturday for that matter uh, from midday. Tomorrow it's Jaleesa Raps, the Missile, James Magnuson and Stevie O'Keefe tomorrow from midday. Uh, coming up after us, by the way, it's the Queensland Cup. So we have that call. Hey, boys, just with the Missile, Magnuson, who was in before you guys, he's such a humble guy. And he went over there 
in 2012 for the London Olympics as the face of Australian Olympics and beaten by 0.01. So if you get your phone out and you go to the timer and you try and tap it as quick as you can, you can't get, get anywhere near that. No. Like, like 0.01 from being an Olympic gold medalist. Mate, and he's such a nice guy that like before, uh, I've been here at SEM before and I've it's just slightly ahead of him for the lift. Yeah. And I've sort of thought about that and just backed off a little bit and let, yeah. him, let him get there first. You know, just, yeah. <laughs> just, he doesn't have any flashbacks, you know. He's so humble, isn't he? Like just yeah. and hulking man, isn't he? He's a big man, yeah. He's, big and I'm um, saying earlier before the show, he's a big rugby league fan too. Yeah, he loves his dogs. Oh. Yeah. Like very, very passionate and very good at what he does on radio too. Um, so great to have his company. Uh, Adrian Prezenko on earlier too, doing wonderful things. For crunch time, as you two men, rugby league week ratings. I reckon you're both at eight and a half out of ten. Uh, Seal, Seal, Seal was at nine, yeah. but then he gave me eighteen blank pages, yeah. so he dropped oh, down I'll to, a, to an eight. Uh, I'm probably Jeez. a six out of ten, but um, oh, no, I'm no, no. a six out of ten. But I'll go straight to an eight and a half. I can get this third leg of the quarter up here. Oh. So looking forward to that, mate. Your call before on the South Newcastle Lions game was excellent. You're an eight and a half. Oh, thank you, yeah. sir. Yeah, thank you. Uh, what's on this afternoon, boys? Philby, what are you doing? Um, my mum's down from Newcastle. Hello, Nelly, if you're listening. Um, and we're just going to go down to the RSL and have a couple of cheeky schooners. Uh, yeah. yeah. Where, where's your local? Um, Matraville. I live yeah. down in Matto. Okay. David just... Warner territory. Is that right? I see David Warner, Jim Cassidy. Yeah. The amount of times I walk into the Matraville Hotel and there's the pumper. What the pumper at Matraville? Yeah. Yeah. Mate, he's out, um, he's over near Duraway. Well, he's always, mate, I don't know what he's doing down there, but I'll walk into the tab. If you want a premium tab experience and you walk into the pumpers there. Oh, ring-a-ding-ding. You're like, hello. Yeah. Well, what about yourself, Macca? Well, I was going to say, if any listeners out there aren't doing anything this afternoon, I'll be putting a few boxes up to, to my new house. <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah. Yeah, doing. Joel, you said you're not yeah, doing mate, anything. Yeah, mate, I, 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 I did have nothing on, but that's since changed. That's that's a that's a bludger oh, of a job, isn't it? I'll get there, I'll get yeah. there. Mate, I went to nine different schools um, and live basically everywhere, so I have – I'm not moving another box. Oh, mate, The next yeah. box to come out of a house will be me in it. Um, that, that, that is – I'm not wow. moving any. No, I'm yeah. not moving anywhere ever again. It's too yeah. hard. It's, you got stuff you didn't realise you had and you think you'll throw it out next minute you need it. Uh, uh, do, you, do you know, lived behind the Clavelli Hotel in a in a units there, right? And so we were renting unit four. Unit three is on the same level. Two units on the same level. The door, front door from four is like 20 metres to unit three. We buy unit three. My missus at the time decides to pack the cutlery in a box. I said, no, no. no. I, grab, I opened the box up. I ripped out the forks. I walked straight across, opened the cutlery drawer and put them in. Mate, I'm like, there you go. Well, <laughs> that's just put a brick against both doors, isn't it, and just charge. There's no box. No. Nil by box. What do we need to put them in a box, carry oh. the box over, take them out? I just carried them from one cutlery drawer to the other cutlery drawer. Is that what drawer. you did? So you bought on the same floor? Yeah. Wow. What are you doing today, Seal? <laughs> Tonight, I'm yeah. going to the pub. Oh, yeah. hey. Straight after this. Where, where can, where can our listeners it. find you? Um, <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to be out in Manly, so yeah. probably be the Stain Hotel to start. Oh, that's going to be hard to find you there. down to Manly Wolf Park. Oh, okay. So, That'll also be hard to find yeah, you there. Exactly. I love this uh, SEN in, pub tour. Uh, yeah. I know. Uh, the Russian, picture the Russian, right? He's this six foot One seven. Um, <laughs> blonde Drago. hair, Ivan Drago. So if you yeah. see someone like that, go and introduce yourself and say, hey, Mulch, um, there you go, mate. Yeah, tell him you love the show. Yeah. Uh, anyway, uh, we're just about done, I think. Uh, we're just about done. For those who are interested, uh, I need these numbers, please. <laughs> 1, 2, 3, 11 and 12 to get me to the last leg of the quaddy here at Eagle Farm. 1, 2, 3, 11, 12, please. Uh, get me home. Because the, the most exciting thing about the quaddy is to find out the approximates. 100%. Get, see how you're playing out there. Uh, gentlemen, uh, Macca, outstanding. Big couple of weeks coming up. And Thank make you. good luck. Uh, game 300. Uh, I reckon there's about 40 only in the history of the game.
And, mate, you're going to do it. Thank you very much. Appreciate it. Well done. And you're going. You're flying on the radio too as well. Philpy, congratulations again. Great stuff. Thanks, mate. Pleasure. Look out the Matto RSL (laughs) and uh, the Molchanov. All the best, mate. Pleasure, Joel. To our listeners, we thank you. Uh, Coming up after this is the Queensland Cup. Crunch time tomorrow from noon. Sorry about the noise. My neighbour's sanding his deck. My motto? Don't work on your deck. Play on it. Life's good with a Trex deck. Low maintenance with a 25-year residential warranty. Trex, the world's number one decking brand.